What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You're going to die. So why are you wasting so much time not taking risks and doing the things that you want? In this podcast, you're going to find all the inspiration you need to live the life that you've been waiting for. And through the power of storytelling, interviews, and much, much more, we're going to help you achieve just that. Before we get started, I just wanted to say I'm very sorry about the quality of the audio on the podcast today. Had to record it in a bit of a strange location, so yeah, the conditions weren't weren't very ideal, but I hope you enjoy it today anyway. Grandad, Eric, how are you? We're very, very well, well, thank you. Good, good, good. Right, so if you want to introduce yourselves. Well, well Jordan, I'm Grandad. Hey, <laughs> Grandad. Born in 1934 on the 25th of March. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I won't mention the date yet, we'll mm. come to that later on. <laughs> okay, okay, perfect. And Eric? Right. I was born <laughs> on the 26th of April, 1936. Oof, that is old. Okay. <laughs> that is a while ago. Cool, so basically, as you know briefly, the idea of the podcast is just literally to talk about like certain memories that you guys have, like some of your favourite stories. Maybe your first loves, your big heartbreaks, anything like that. So I just want to know basically like kind of like see a window to your time of life compared to mine. Okay. So yeah. So basically, I guess like we can just start like where where did you both grow up? How do you know each other? Right. (laughs) We grew up on the outskirts of London. Yeah. And uh, we had, I can't remember the, those years very much, but probably up to the age of five. I've, I've got no memory, but um, Eric can probably remember more than me, but one of the first houses we lived in on these outskirts of London, we got bombed out. Oof. And the this house, was during was World War Two. During World War Two, yeah. Okay. Um, but I, what I remember of it is a landmine landed mm. in an alleyway at the bottom of our garden. Mm. Not quite right. Oh, right, okay. You no. Ta- Go on, right. Eric. Go on, Eric. Take Carry on. Right. When more broke out, I was three, Alan was five. And if I start from my life, I can remember a little bit before the war where we lived in a house in Sidcup and we used to go up an alleyway past a talking parrot (laughs) and into the sweet shop. (laughs) But you couldn't buy, you had to tear a coupon and it had to be E1. Okay. And you could only have the sweets to the value of that coupon. And you couldn't take a coupon more out for more sweets. Yeah. No, no. So you had coupons to be able to go to the shop? It was all ration. Everything was rationed. Okay. Shared, you you know, had big... sweet coupons, Butter. food coupons, clothing coupons. Yeah. And you so that everything was rationed. Mm. Okay. Right. That's all it was like. yeah. So you you kind of like your first memories are like in early World War Two, right? So that's kind no, of this is before the war. Well, this before is before the war. Oh, so you were rationally before the war. Before the war. Yeah. yeah, this oh. is before the war. The war. When I was two and three, I can remember. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing I remember uh, when I was I can go back to when I was two or one and a half because I can <laughs> be in my pram and I can see this row of bears that I used to spin. On the, where she used to push the pram, used to spin the bears. I mean, that's as yeah. far as back as I can go. But of course, war broke out. Now, we've got to understand is that 
in them that is not like today. Mm. You was never going to get robbed. Mm. You had nothing. No. The best thing you had in your house was probably a radio to listen to the news. Yeah. But Alan and I, in our early ki as kids, were very unlucky. Very okay. unlucky. We had a very poor upbringing. Everything my there. father was a drinker and my mother was a dancer. Mm. So you wouldn't believe what happened to us later in years, mm. how we were treated. Mm. Yeah, well, mum and dad were never, never at home. We don't remem remember much of seeing our mother and father during when we were kids. Mm. No. When we were kids. Now, if I go back to what we said, war broke out. Right. right, now I'm in 11. Do you remember like the days kind of up leading up until the war, like kind of thinking like about when it was going to break out? You're five, you're five. You were five when war broke out, 1939. So, so, yeah, 39, I was, yeah, so I was five, you mm. were three. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, that's when... The first bombing. Okay. This is where we got bombed out on our first and, house. And what does bombed out mean? Is that like where right. you have to Means evacuate? A, a, a right. bomb was dropped from an aircraft mm -hmm. down into about 20 yards from our house. Mm. Yeah, about 20 yards from our house. That was the landmine, wasn't it? No. Oh, it was. Incendiary bombs. Oh, incendiary bombs. Yes, sorry. Incendiary they were bombs. small bo fire bombs. Oh, really? The in incendiary bombs were bombs that they used to burn and burn once they... So they all the, they whatever it hit, it would... Send out flames. burning metal. Mm. Burning metal, yeah. Right, that was uh, incendiary bombs. Okay. And I can remember that we were all equipped with a gas mask, mm. right? We all had a cardboard box with a strap and inside with a <laughs> gas mask. Yeah. And when, as mm. soon as the sirens went, you had to put your gas mask, everybody's sitting around with their gas masks on, mm. right? But my young sister, I mean, war broke out, I was three, she'd be one. That's Jean. Yeah. They used to get hold of the baby and she had a Mickey, a Mickey Mouse gas mask about two foot six round. I've seen the photos of those Mickey Mouse yeah. gas masks. And you should put her in, put Jean in them and zip her up in the, and Look. we would always go under the table, under the table mm. with yeah, we gas had a gas mask. Yeah, we had a special table made of steel. Yeah. With sides around it to get into, like a big cage. Mm. Now the, the Germans used to come over, they, they'd be 50, 70 aircraft at a time, right? And they get over, and when they got towards the outskirts and into London, they started bombing right there, trying to bomb either side of the river and into London. And mm. they were giving us a really bad yeah, time. Yeah. Coming up the River Thames, that was their guideline into London. Mm. And we had all barrage balloons up. Yeah, yeah we're going to talk about those. About 100 yards up in the air. Yeah. What was a barrage balloon for? Just to stop the doodlebugs, right? Not. Hang on, they yeah. were going to come down anyway. They would have come down, but they hit. They would have hit but the balloon and gone not, in down into the river. We're not there yet. Doodle bugs were later, a year or more later. We got bombed out first, up, and I was in the air raid shelter, and you could look out, and the whole house was going up in flames. Yeah. The whole house. Was this an air raid shelter in your back garden? Yeah, an, an yeah. iron. Oh, that wasn't the one I'm thinking of now. Yeah, an iron shelter. Yeah. We'd be in the shelter with our gas mm. masks on because we all, always knew we were going to get gas sometime. That yeah. was always a threat. Yeah. 
the Germans were so sophisticated in the war. Yeah, they were so far ahead of they everybody. They still else. are. The Germans still even are. now, they even are, with yeah. technology and stuff, they're, they're yeah, quite they ahead are. of a lot of people. Mm. So we moved to another property, <clears throat> and here we get banging on in the war again. And I didn't realise till many years later that people came round and took all the panes of the glass out of our windows, upstairs, downstairs, back front, and put green blinds in. Yeah. So in our ha we had just green blinds, no, no windows. No glass, no glass, no glass. So because it's really freezing cold. Yeah, freezing cold. Yeah, Could hardly afford the coal for the fire anyway. Yeah. I mean, we really had a bad time when we were kids. <laughs> <Yeah. you>? So <laughs> the green so blinds let an amount of light in. Okay. But the glass had to be taken. Now, the reason the glass was taken out wasn't because the bombs come down and taken the glass out. Mm. On the bottom of our garden was Woolwich Arsenal. Okay. And they had mobile and anti-aircraft guns in the ground. And as soon as they started firing at the enemy, our windows were going out anyway. Oh. Vibration was... Really? You can imagine, oh, yeah, the vibration from the guns. Yeah, can you imagine taking people's windows you got, out? You've got anti-aircraft guns going off 50 yards yeah. away. Yeah. And mobile guns firing. We, that was in Gordon, I'm going to go for it. We used to watch these masses of German aircraft come, come over. They were. Right, you, and you the shells going at them. And they always knew what height to be, because all the shells were firing underneath them. Yeah. At night, it was a red glow. Glow. It wasn't and dark. And at daytime, it was a black smoke. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But Alan and I were crafty, because at the bottom of our garden was village arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> and one day, Alan said, come with me. And we went over the fence in the garden into the arsenal. Mm. Right. And we was wandering during, during the air raids, and... A soldier said, come on, and he took us down, Damn. he took us down where all the soldiers were Must sitting, right, because of the air raid. 70 feet below ground level. Yeah. Right and down, was this, like a tunnel down underground, yeah. We, we went down, there was two little kids, one was, one was three and one was five, <laughs> right? I mean, what was we doing there in the first place? Where's our mum? Mum's out dancing, dad's having a beer. <laughs> Well, during the, all of the shelling oh, and everything, oh, yeah. they were out drinking worry about and chilling. Yeah. You worry about that. Yeah, oh. they were. So that. no one was just outdoor, like indoors, just scared. Everybody was still out living life still. <sighs> You've got no idea what we should get up to. It wasn't... <laughs> anyway, what we got, it's all gone. We, we were given a jackknife each. Yeah. The, oh, soldiers, yeah. the soldiers said, yeah, son, because the, the uh, all clear went. You yeah. knew, do you know what happened with the... Air raid? Yeah, they they would go off and then. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> They'll come in and it's. That was all clear. Okay. Continuous drone, yeah. So then we got whacked out again at the Black Fair and we got bombed out again. Okay. What naturally hit your house, or was just below the, just below the bottom of the garden? Yeah. Well, now this 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 was a big one, right? Mm. <laughs> We're in the air, it's all happening, and we're, we're used to it, we're laying in bed. <laughs> Alan and I used to say, Oh God, no, this is when we got later on in life, we used to yeah. say, we used to go out the window and say, Oh, I hope the war starts again. Yeah, please God, let there be a war let, on Let tonight. the war start again, but, but let's hope nobody gets, gets killed. killed. <laughs> Silly kids. Say, Silly kids. 
There's no, <laughs> no need, but let's, let's, we loved it. Yeah. We loved oh, the loved the war. It was so exciting. Yeah. It is an exciting time for kids. Yeah. Yeah, parents are... I feel like you don't, it. like, see the, the, that you don't get to see the pain and the suffering side of it. You kind of hear about no, it. No, you don't, you, no, like, don't that, you don't recognise that whatsoever. Yeah. No, I, no, don't. I don't know if Alan remembers this, but this was vivid to me, because it's what happened. Mm. I am three going on four. Maybe I'm four now. Yeah. And we're in the <clears> second property, uh, wherever she, my mum got, I don't know, but we're, we're there. But I, we got taken out of our bedroom by our parents downstairs. And when I walked out, they took us outside. They wanted us outside, right? And it was all just bright lights everywhere. And there was all, all these cords hang, beautiful silk. Plated. White silk and green cord, plaited cords. All plaited. All drooping everywhere, right? And searchlights were all on our property, and ARP men were walking around. They had a, a, a black helmet, iron helmet with ARP in white. What does ARP mean? Air Raid Warden. Air Raid Warden. Like an Air Raid Warden, yeah. Yeah. AR or like, yeah, AR Police. ARP. ARP, yeah. Air Raid Police, maybe? It was definitely Warden, but... Um, no, it was AR... Was it ARW? Air, Air Raid W. A-R-W. Air Raid Warden. And all these cords were hanging down. And when I looked up, I could see this great, big, beautiful chrome plunger <laughs> at the bottom of a big basket. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what the bomb was. It was a basket that was probably then about five to six foot mm. by three foot. It was full of explosives. That was right? what they dropped out of the plant. Yeah, it was called it was called a landmine. Okay, a landmine. And that would come down on a parachute, and underneath here was a big chrome plunger. Yeah, right. It would come floating down, and then it would land. And then it would, oh. when that plunger so the went plunger up, goes in, plunger, yeah. well, yeah. We had got a two foot six alleyway between our house and next door. Mm, and the plunger was wedged, wedged in the alley. Didn't touch the ground. So he just got like, the plunger wasn't and hitting it anything, it was off. just stuck. Yeah. So, we, so probably, I mean, we probably what, wouldn't be here telling you this what story today. What the hell today are we doing if that, alive? If that had gone down. That's crazy. I mean, what a miss that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And this, and this ARP man said, come here, son, he said. And he got these cutters and he went, one, two. He gave me a foot of that parachute cord. Oh, right? yeah. I'm afraid it's not in there. It went when we got the V2. Yeah. Oh, well, that, okay. that's, that's not so, um, that, that was another experience we had. But um, what you've got to realise is that we used to go out hunting for shrapnel. Now, Shrapnel. This is during the war, you was doing it. Right. During the war, yeah, we used to go out in the mornings hunting for shrapnel because shrapnel, the all the shells that exploded. Yeah, yeah, the shrapnel are pieces of the bomb. Yeah. And we used to collect it and swap it with one another at school. Because they were funny, beautiful shapes. You know, Can you imagine a bomb has exploded yeah. in what shape the piece of shrapnel? hot metal, yeah, 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 just random yeah. shapes. We used to treasure our shrapnel. <laughs> yeah, we did. So it was like, who's got the biggest, yeah, most well, intricate pieces? Yeah, all sorts of things, the different colours and that, and <laughs> used to swap it with other ones. Yeah. Right, that's that, part, that was that part of the war. Yeah. Right, then our final 
Final? There's a lot yet. Yeah. What are you going to carry on with London? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. All right, go on then. Um, the fact is that from London, Alan, my father lived in Lee, came from Lee in Lancashire. Oh, Lee, Lee those right. are North Country people. And, oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. And Alan disappeared. He was evacuated to Lee in, in Lancashire. Lancashire. From London to Lancashire. And Eric. Not yet, not yet. Oh, you came afterwards. Yeah, I went, I was taken. I remember going with my dad on a tram. Yeah. Through, I think it must have been outside of Manchester. And all the... It was the, I went up there as the well. The place I'm going to, to be safe, all the shops were all on fire. Everything was on fire. Everything was, was on fire. And the pr- tram went up the middle of the road on the, le- on the tram. is on mm-hmm. railway lines, you know. And it went right through the main road to our destination. But I do remember looking out the window and seeing all the shops on fire. And I'm thinking, what am I being brought up here for, you so, know? So someone come to your house in London and just said, we have to evacuate I, you. I was going to my grandma's. Yeah. Thousands of kids got evacuated, mainly to the country, Hereford mainly, and places yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. But we went to Lancashire. But there was no bombing up there. No, not, uh, not, when, not when you get that far. You know. So why were the shops on fire? Be, ah, but be, they they did bomb Manchester badly. The, uh, the German, if you read the news, Manchester got really hit. Yeah. It was the second biggest city to get yeah. hit from London. This was Manchester got walloped. Mm. Now, after Alan went, I, I was taken up there as well to live with him in my grandfather's house. On separate occasions or on the same... Yeah, come and join me. Oh, OK. Yeah, come okay. and join me. Yeah. I do not remember going And to again, school. I went through Manchester... And I can still smell it now, the oh, smell yeah. of burning. You, you could hardly breathe, the burning, and everywhere was on fire when I went through. Everywhere yeah. was on fire. And how did you feel when you got like evacuated? Was it like, oh, I've got to leave home? Or is it just like, okay, this well, is how well, it is? Well, well, what's no. home, Alan? What's home? What was home? What was home? Um, like Eric was just saying, you know, mum and dad were out all the time. We was on our own a lot of the time indoors, fending for, and feeding ourselves, mm. you know, and, Finding bits of stuff idea. in the cupboard and that. No idea. We had it was very self-sufficient so, as well. Mm. Alan's up Lancashire, and I join him. Do you know what we had? Do you know what meal we had on a, the whole whole of a Sunday? What? A saucer of rice. <laughs> Just rice. A saucer. Starving. A tea saucer. Yeah, rice. It's not very. We uh, were starving. It's not very nutritious. Well, yeah. But we got to know the the Manchester kids around. And there was a coal mine there and there was a railway there that trucks went by mm. being pulled by an engine. And they were going, and we used to hang on the back yeah. of the trucks getting a ride. Incidentally, my dad's, fa- my dad's family were all coal miners. Okay. They used to be up at three and four in the morning with a, put, they used to put their helmets on indoors with a big lamp on the lamp front. On the front. They'd carry their little cans with whatever food they carry. Mm. And they used to be off at two, three, four in the morning to the mines. Didn't get home till about seven at night. They're pretty safe from the bombing, aren't they? <laughs> they were so strict. Yeah, I bet. I so, what, I, Alan was up there a lot longer than I, mm. right? Because, because what, because ha- you what happened to him. Yeah, so... This is the way we got treated. Tell them about your lovely meal, the, the haggis. No, it wasn't haggis, right. One evening, we all sat around the table and on the I table, wasn't there. Right, have you heard of tripe? Is that fish? It's a type of fish, isn't tripe. it? It's like a stomach. No, a ca- it's a, a sheep's ca- lining of a stomach. A cow's line, oh. stomach lining. 
It's like a big sponge. It's all holes on the top. All right, they love it, all these North Countryers. So they put this big lump of tripe in front of me on the table. And I'm sitting there. What I'm, is that? I'm trying to eat it. And I, th I thought, I can't eat this. So get it down thee, lad. Get it down thee, lad, he said to granddad. I said, I don't like it. Yeah. He said, well, you'll have to eat it or you're not leaving that bloody table. <laughs> so, so, so I sat there and sat there. He said, are you eating it? No. Right. He said, get up to bed with nothing to eat. So he sent me up to bed. Come down in the morning, what's on the table for breakfast? One big lump of tripe. So I thought, what can I do? Throw it out the window. So, no, <laughs> I put it in my pocket. I put it in my pocket. And my grand said, have you eaten that? I said, aye. He said, right, come and sit down then. I'm sitting down in this chair and all this milk started squeezing out this blasted lump of tripe oh, all wow. down my leg. And my grand said, what's that? She got her hand and stuffed it in my pocket and pulled it out. She said, all right, she said, don't worry about it for as long as granddad don't find out. Yeah. And she dumped it or gave it to oh, the dog. Oh, bless her, yeah, yeah, yeah. dog probably just scoffed it. What does it taste like? Do you remember? It's absolutely it's horrendous. It, we can imagine a milky lump of sponge. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. That's come out of the bathroom. Soaked in milk. Oh. It's exactly how it looked that is and horrendous. tasted. But no, they, I know nothing about that. Alan, or never said anything about it. You were getting now the I'm up there. <laughs> And Golden Street was gaslit. Mm. It was always dark and dingy. Yeah, there's no, no electric. I think we was, I, was, I went up there in the winter, right? But there was an Uncle Fred who lived in Warrington. That was mm. my brother, Dad's brother. We went, we were taken round there and I saw, for the first time in my life, I saw a dandy and a Beano comic. A comic. Fancy seeing a comic. You should grab the comic and read the comics. <laughs> is that they, a show, Dandy and Beano? Is that like a like SpongeBob? They're still, they're still out now. I think. Is it? Do they make them now? I've, I've, I've got very valuable dandies and oh. Beanos. I'll have to have a look after. I've never seen them before. In, uh, in a crate in my office. Yeah. The, oh. They're valuable. I, I'll oh, are sell they? them one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come oh, on. yeah. The, the stars of the... Dandy and the Beano was um, there was um, Pansy Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what about the one that ate the cow uh, pie? How cow? Oh goodness, Eric! Shouldn't know his name by heart. Oh well, anyway, there's these characters, and you got to know them. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Then yeah. there was a film fun, another comic that, that was, was all black, the film stars. That was a black and white one. That was yeah, Lauren yeah, Hardy yeah, yeah, and yeah. all them. Yeah. You know Lauren Hardy. Yeah, I think so. Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. But anyway, uh, up the, the, it was a bit refreshing up there. It was a bit brighter and uncle, with that Uncle Fred's, but I, I, I'm only four. Yeah. And um, I can remember playing out with the kids, the Lancashire kids, they're all talking this funny language. <laughs> like he was speaking just now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that weird grass. And uh, <clears throat> you know, you hear stories from your, from your mother. I remember she's... My mum came and got me because I was being ill-treated. Mm. By, by, you, don't, by. Don't, you don't think I wasn't, do you? God well, dear. my mum, I was only four, Alan. Yeah. Four and three quarters, four and three quarters, something like that. Mm. And I was being, she said, I, I came and got, told me one day, I came and got you, you was being ill-treated by the Lancashire people. So I come and got you. Left Alan up there. Because <laughs> I'm a bit tougher, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, 
Alan was up there long enough to suddenly not become my brother. Oh? Because of this little story here. Yeah. We're all getting excited at home because I haven't seen my brother. Probably two years. For, you weren't up there that long. No. So you'd come back down south at that point? So you were probably only up there a yeah, few when, months. Okay, you've got to say this. When, when we left London after the three bomb, you know, being bombed out three times, uh, Alan's still in Lancashire. But I'm brought back from Lancashire and I'm walking down Gordon Place to our new house, which was owned by my auntie. It was 3A Gordon Place, right? Now, we had the whole house except the front room, which was stacked with Uncle John and Aunt Ivy's furniture, and that was locked. We and were never allowed to never go allowed in there. Never allowed to go in there. All the posh furniture were never I, allowed in yeah, the front we, room. We never knew where the key... We'd have got in there, don't worry. <laughs> no, good around, but we never knew where the key was, right? No, no. So, I am coming... Remember this so vividly. My mum's walking with me down Golden Place, this new my Aunt Ivy's house. And when we get down to the corner where you turn and our house laid back and there's a fence here, she said, call out, hello, Jimmy. I said, what, mum? She said, call out, hello, Jimmy. <laughs> hello, Jimmy. <laughs> and this voice from over there, hello. <laughs> and it was a, a, a kid that I've got really friendly the with. Same right? age as you, wasn't he? And this is my life. Started at Golden Place. Okay. Right, still thick in the war. Still thick in the war. Oh, yeah, well, Because surely. we lost Golden Place in February 1944, which is another story. It got, it got bombed out? Yes. Bombed? No, it was worse than bombed. It was, <laughs> it it was, was horrendous. It was horrendous. Now, where were we? Um, so I'm calling out, hello, Jimmy, this, that, and the other. Right. So the life started at Golden Place. So now, during this time, the Germans got a little bit more sophisticated and they, they bought out this doodle bug. Okay. A flying bomb with leaves. With now, leaves. Where? Have you seen that? It's no, I haven't. On film? Oh. It's a doodle bug. It's, it, had a German, it had a German Wankel engine and it was only a one cylinder. Okay. Right? A jet so, engine. A jet so the noise was. Right? I think I've heard that sound before. Have you? That iconic sound of like. Yeah, definitely heard that. Because it was a one cylinder engine, right? Now, it was, it, they were sending these doodle bugs off, hundreds of them, right? Off and around. Railway lines, and they shoot them towards London, right? Okay. Now, we used as kids, uh, you've got to understand that when we were kids, everywhere was open. Yeah. Field after field, of, oh, it was yeah, the house. woods and things like that. There's no house, not many houses at all, really, when you think about it, was there? No. From a little town. We used to go... One mile from here is Gravesend Airport. Yeah. Right, and they used to have the Spitfires and the Hurricanes up there. Mm. And we used to watch them take off, right? And it, was, it wasn't it was unusual, and I've seen it a few times, was that coming from France was the doodlebugs that come from across from Calais, from behind okay. Calais, right? And they come across the river and wind up the river and go down in London, right? And they cause a doodlebug cause will take out about 10 houses. Are they unmanned? Like they've got their unmanned. unmanned. Oh yeah, unmanned. Unmanned. So they oh, just right. send them in a random direction. And then when the, the engine would suddenly cut out, it would then and fall. Down, down, wherever yeah. it was. So we had doodle bug drill. But if you look at a doodle bug at night, it was wonderful. You could see, because you had big flames coming out the back. Yeah. Yeah. Big flames coming out the back. It's exciting. And daytime. It was. But it... We used to watch Spitfires 
take off from Gravesend Airport mm. a mile over there because if you stand over there at the airport you can see the whole of the estuary yeah right and they would take off when a doodlebug was coming now I'll tell you what the doodlebug wing was that much, that wide that side and that much the other and it was about that long but mm. it was packed with explosives right mm. and the Spitfires used to go out the doodlebugs the Spitfires should turn turn and just tip tip the wing tip each wing and send it, it back out Back out to the North Sea, towards no France. You just send it back. Well, and they just knock it like just, it just a, touch it, touch it, and turn it. Yeah, skilled pilots. I mean, they're very clever. These pilots to do yeah. that. I mean, yeah, very. So risky. Would it not donk it and set it off by any chance? Is that no, possible? No, no, no. no, no, no you're off, touching the wing. The engine cuts off, cuts out. That's down it goes, and then, what, then that's exactly what happened. Now we had doodlebug drill in our in your homes. Now you hear the doodlebug coming in the distance. Louder and louder. You were praying that the engine didn't cut out. Yeah. Because if the engine cut out on its down arrival, it com- yeah. then it comes. Coming down. So when it was going bang, 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 bang above, we were experts uh, as kids. <laughs> when it was going bang, 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 above, you just, ah, oh, that's it, that's gone, right? And then I went rushing out at Gordon Place, I went rushing out, and we were at the bottom of a hill, and the houses were quite tall at the top, and the chimney. And this doodlebug, Actually, I saw it take the top of a chimney pot off. It's the one that landed in Echo Square. Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, it was low yeah. enough to hit. It was yeah, it took yeah, the chimney it, pot it off. It come that low, yeah. Right, it come that low. But it was still going flat, but he's coming down, and he landed in Echo Square and killed, killed a lot. lot it's of about two miles. And they would flatten like ten houses, you'd say? Yeah, a lot of houses got flattened in that, yeah. Yeah, the doodlebug. Yeah, and then the doodlebug time ended. So they just gave um, up. Don't go too far forward. Were they it accurate? Was, like, were they particularly accurate or did a lot of them end up... They were not fields? accurate no, at all. They, they weren't accurate. No, they, no they way. Just, just a, a general direction. They had enough fuel on to get to, towards the outskirts to, to before or to London. But if they didn't have enough fuel or the, or the wind was against them, they're going to come down in Gravesend. Yeah. It's all about the wind, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because you've got a tailwind. You'll go another mile with a tailwind yeah. and you yeah. get right into the heart of London. But if there's a headwind, that is going to come down. Might even go down in the channel. Mm. Yeah, which a lot of them did. They probably will be, yeah. I reckon if they went down there now, they'd probably find a ton of them. You realise after many years, why? Why? Now, alongside the River Thames, we had a canal. Mm. It was 20, 30 foot wide. Yeah, 20 foot wide. One one day it was full of logs, wasn't it? We used to, we we was calling ourselves lumberjacks. We used to go down the canal and we were jumping over these logs like lumberjacks, right? (laughs) But years later you realise that they put all the logs in that canal because if a German aircraft and they're looking at the plan and they they know exactly the the factories in Gravesend because of that canal, when the moon is shining on the on the water, if the logs are there, the moon's not shining and they cannot get the reflection from the water. Yeah, they they used to put. They filled the canals with logs, yeah, so that the Germans couldn't see it. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah, we used to clamber around this, on them. Listen to this one. This is a this is a really big one. All right. <laughs> we used to walk two miles, maybe longer, to a lake at Northlake to get frogs and newts. <laughs> we <were> kids, <laughs> we got jammed over the string, jammed over the string on it, and we got our newts. 
newts in the jam you know jars. Are, you know what newts are, don't you? Yeah, maybe like the pre-thing to a frog, the things that are like That's before right, they exactly, turn into frogs. Yeah. We'd come back with our newts, put them on the mantelpiece, <laughs> and look at all the pretty colours underneath <laughs> the newts. In a pot of water, I'm guessing. In a jam, no, jam, just take jam in jar. Your hand. In a yeah. jam jar. Oh, Not the little tiny jam, the, the big jam jar. They were going to die. Oh. Out of their environment, they were going to die. Yeah, of but course, us yeah. kids got our newts. Yeah, we did. Yeah, they... right. This was this uh, this was unbelievable. Um, when I think about it now, we got our jam jars. I don't know if you were. With the, I was with a gang of about seven, mm. right? And we come out of Bell Road Pit, and as you come out, there's a an arch with a railway going across, single track, right down to West Street. Yeah, yeah. And we're coming out, and I was ahead of the others, and I looked, looked up now. If the wind is blowing against all that, there was a German aircraft. Now, I'm not going to say what it was, bomber. It wasn't a fighter, that's, it was a bomber, or reconnaissance, or something like that. Yeah. Right? But I looked up, and above about 20 foot, 30 foot above the chimney pots was this big aircraft and it was and it had the swastikas on the back wings and it had the air plus on the side it was jet black the whole thing mm. and because it was a lake there was all round pebbles around where we were and the, we had time to see this thing going silently along when it got we knew that you know now that when it got past new uh, Norfolk Borfus Scores, it was all open land. It was going to land in open land. This was crashing. Oh, and it was it going was, down. Yeah, it was it coming down. There was no engine going. There was no noise, nothing. It was absolute sun. Yeah. But when he, we could see the back of it, they could see the rear gun, like you sitting there, just like that, the rear gunner with his helmet on. Just and he there. turned the guns and started strapping at us down the road. What, right? two little kids? Yeah, he was strapping at the kids. And I, I went past there last night to a bowling match last night with David and I showed him the holes that had been filled in on the wall. The wall is still there. The wall is still, yeah, it is. And you can yeah. see all the cement where the holes are in the wall, where the shells were hitting the ground. And we all got away from it. Then when it was gone, and it was gone, we were all, because we so much hated the Germans, we were in... <laughs> well, they, cool. they clearly Did hated you, you if they're looking to shoot a little kid. We yeah, hated the Germans so much. But this kid started crying and he put his hands down his trousers, his little short trousers, and he's got blood on his hand. A piece of shrapnel was ripped, just torn his backside a bit, right? One of the kids was bleeding, yeah. right? But from his, from his bottom. But that was all over in seconds, but it yeah. happened. Yeah. Was it, was it scary? Like, was you super scared, or was he nah, just like, oh, not, that nah, just nah, happened? No. The, only, the only thing we wanted to do was get some stones onto that aircraft. <laughs> no, so that's what you were doing, getting rocks in front. Not interested in getting... Machine gun. It was just rock, rocks on up there. Wonderful. If only you had little guns. It was. If only you had a little gun back then, you could have taken some shots back. And then, when we, uh, when we lived at Golden Place, right? Now they're going to say, let's say Alan's come back from Lancashire. Because my mum said, Auntie Eva, and Uncle Arthur. Arthur, he's, he was. He was a northerner. He came from the north. Mm. My uncle Arthur. Oh yeah, he was in the night. He, he was in the. Bringing air. Alan. We're bringing Alan home. I said, Alan's coming home. Yeah, <laughs> Alan's coming home. Alan's coming okay. home. Okay. So we were all indoors, all baited, waited, waiting, and there was they come around the corner, Golden Place, and they knock on the door. Mum said, "This will be Alan. This will be Alan." 
and he's standing there and he's got a cloth cap on <laughs> and we're um my mum's and there's one sentence and I'm never he goes don't yeah. they know me mother <laughs> say it in your tone right yeah in a northern accent oh, oh yeah well I, oh, this yeah. is all the kids he didn't have anything yeah. else I, I just spoke northern I don't know. He, he lost it because he was yeah, seven. I said, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I said, don't you know me, mother? Yeah. And I went, <laughs> to, hey, come, come indoors and talk to me like that again. I want to listen to that. And he started talking in normal. Yeah, going around. Come with me, Ellen. Oh, I've got all the kids around <laughs> listening to him talk. Ellen, let's talk. Talk, Ellen. <laughs> Say something, Ellen. And I had to keep, keep Absolutely talking. broad Lancashire. He <laughs> but it didn't take him long to get to London. Yeah, to I was going to say, thank God actually, for that. I've, actually, I've got quite a talent for picking up not language but their uh, lingo you know yeah. um their accent yeah mm. i can i'm can... not surprised you were born and bred <laughs> you're a real northerner yeah the other thing in lancashire i could only wear mm. shoes on a sunday every other day i had to wear wooden clogs what with great big oh, iron yeah. yeah great big great big leather clogs and every every other week I used to have to have new irons put on them, like a horse, you know, like a horseshoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had to have these horseshoes put on. Why were you on your old clocks? I, it's just a tradition there. Well, All week you have to every, wear wooden had to clogs. Wear wooden well, the, clogs. Dutch, the Dutch wear them, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had to wear them. Lancashire, yeah, they uh, all have clogs on in Lancashire. Sunday, <gasps> I was able to wear my shoes. Strangely enough, I, think, so I, went, weird. I think I had to go to Sunday school. But, yeah. So, clogs. So, he's back. And now the war is still raging, of course. Mm. The war oh, is yeah. still, we've got a long way to go right, on that Very war. Much, but that pesky I can war. Remember, I can remember, uh, we used to stand at the window when the air raids were, and we used to look out uh, saying, let's hope the war starts again. Let's listen. <laughs> but we used to see squadrons and squadrons of German aircraft coming along mm. at, at night or daytime and the guns all going off underneath them. We but live, we live right alongside the River Thames, virtually. Yeah. You could see, so the see everything that's going to London went about over us. Okay. Everything. Using the River Thames as it is there. Yeah. They should have navigation. Logged, they they should have put logs all over it. Navigate the like, river. Like a lit up track for them. Yeah, of course it is. But um, one night it was different because we were laying in bed. Three, there's no air raid signs. Three of us in one bed. Eric, Jean and me. Yeah. yeah. Jean, our sister, lives in New Zealand now. Yeah. She's the youngest one. Yeah. We all we're together. all in bed together. My dad was at the pub. Of course. I, Mum was... You just say, you get into the big one about what happened. Yeah. No, before that, the, oh, right. I want to talk about a, a real scare. It was all right going out there and listening to all the... Seeing all the flat go up. I all know the, you get, oh, I know But one, one night, yeah, I know. We're laying in bed and the whole of the room lit up white. And there was no air raid sirens at this point? No. no. Okay. All Absolutely. And we looked out the window. We went to the window and the, it was better than daylight. Mm. Now, what the Germans had done, they'd come over and they dropped flares. Yeah. Daylight flares. So they could light up the area they're going to bomb. Now, that's the first time we've been frightened. Yeah. Yeah, well, scared stiff. How we're old are you at this point? Because we think we thought right. There's the light. Probably six. That's where six and nine. Bomb. Okay. That's where they're going to bomb. That was the only time Eric and I were frightened. Absolutely yeah. scared. Because we knew broad daylight outside and dead silent. 
Absolutely desolate, yeah. Waiting for him to come, I'm telling you. Yeah, that must be horrendous. Yeah, then the, the sky used to be full of metal strips fluttering down. That's to deter the radar. Mm. You know, just all these tons of like confetti. Anyway, uh, they yeah, they dropped they dropped the flares and then they dropped the confetti. Yeah, but there was no, lucky enough there was no bomb, no bomb. Sh- silver down, foil yeah. paper. So, so they were probably intending to bomb that area, and then they just yeah, that, yes. would, that would have been. We thought we thought it was a definite target. That would have been straight over our house and done. Yeah, you know. But it was scary, wasn't it? It was that the only time I can say we was frightened. But we we can go on about this for and that we used to go out in the day and we used to climb all around and go through bombed out oh, buildings. Yeah, yeah. We oh, used yeah, to enjoy going in bombed out. I couldn't buildings. imagine anything better. We oh, risked yeah. our neck. We used neck. to climb over all the. Houses you going know. upstairs that were going to fall oh, yes, rickety yeah. as you're going. Oh, oh no, we used to. Love <laughs> I do that it. now. I do that in abandoned yeah, buildings. You would do yeah. that now, or you'd yeah. be in your element. Oh, yeah, you really would. We we love nothing more. My childhood was like not in the war, but in, in a way we used to go and explore loads of abandoned buildings and stuff Anything, as well. Yeah, well, things that you, you shouldn't can, be standing you, on roof boards that were all you, wobbly. You, and, you can imagine now that either them were around us. Yeah. So, oh. wait, so you can you can you can say about this we. we during the war, we got so many things; it's unbelievable. We we went out into the into the Shaun Woods and we made bows and arrows, and mm. we, we 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 got my dad's darts, <laughs> dead put them into a cane, <laughs> and we were shooting with a dart at one another. <laughs> uh, what about the battle we had? Uh, we had a war with this pit that Eric's talking about, the, um, the where the, the lake was. Yeah. We we were down the bottom of this pit. We had catapults, right? Oh yeah. Eric and me, I had catapults. Oh yeah. <laughs> and these lads at the top had air rifles. Air rifles. They were shooting air, air rifles. They were shooting air rifles at us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were trying to catapult. Hiding rocks behind a be tree, a... catapulting these kids, and they were air rifling us. <laughs> Did anyone ever get hit? No, no, no. no, no. But I can remember somebody went. Somebody had a dart go right through their hand and pinned it to a tree in Sean Woods. <laughs> oh, in Sean Woods, that is another place. Yeah, yeah. Because we had good job we, you didn't have any good accuracy. Oh, there was lots of water and there's lots of logs and we were rafting. We were, and he f- fell in as he always does, <laughs> went under. Oh, we were out all the time. Yeah, oh, that sounds we're, like heaven. Definitely outdoor people. Yeah. And then we we would there's a there's a place here called Windmill Hill and it's a very high hill mm-hmm. and it comes right down and very steep and it goes into a big wire fence. We used to get a bus tire, get inside it, curl up inside it, yeah. and one roll of us would roll us down the hill, boom boom, and crash into the fence. And you're in a bus tire. Yeah. And also we had a, a forty gallon oil drum. Oh. <laughs> Same with that. <laughs> what we done with that was really naughty. We couldn't be telling you what we done. Nah, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, anything on the podcast stays on the podcast. Well, we've got this forty gallon oil drum. We were rolling it around. It became part of us, didn't we? You kids, it's a. You got no toys. <laughs> you you have a motorbike and a car. Yeah. We had a tire and an oil drum. <laughs> oh yeah. Priorities. Yeah, okay. Priorities are different. Yeah. But we were. At the top of Windmill Hill and the top of a road called Sandy Bank, it's all still there. Yeah, it's all still there. And we, 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 as kids, we were everywhere. We knew about everything. Yeah. We knew about Monkey Morris. We knew about Norman Dribbler. Now, Norman Dribbler, okay. now this is terrible, this is. He was an ex-army man that was shell-shocked and he was 
walking around dribbling like Norman Dribbler. Norman Dribbler. <laughs> what a name. Norman Dribbler. We called him Norman Dribbler. Did the bloke with no nose ever get a nickname? Who? That chap who had no nose, just two round holes in his face. Do you remember him? It was, um, he, was, he'd been taking lots of cocaine and he, his nose had gone away, oh. lost it. Don't remember There's him? all sorts. And then, what about old mother big boot? Mother, old mother big boot, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> walking around nickname? with one big boot we on. We were so cruel. But anyway, Norman, <laughs> Norman and Dribbler's walking up Sandy Bank Road, right? And there's a big wall either side, there's, so there's no escape. And we were up there with the oil drum, weren't we? Yeah. And we look at each other. <laughs> We look at Norman coming up very slowly and we let her go. <laughs> we? we let 40 gallon. What oh. was in it? It was empty. Empty. Oh, it's empty. Oh, it's empty. Oh, you wouldn't be able to push it. Made, oh. a, made a hell of a row, you know. Oh, and this went down there and it went and it, 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 it was turning. It was always going to go to the bottom, but it was turning all the time. <laughs> crashed into the wall there. Into the going across the other, crashed into the wall. Now it's going towards Norman. <laughs> <laughs> It misses Norman and goes. Oh, yeah, that was disgusting, wasn't it? But that you, you curiosity. Just, it was curiosity. We missed him. It we was okay. Him. No, Thank God okay. you missed him. And the other thing, when we were kids, we had both had our own genuine tire. It was a car <laughs> tire each. Your own genuine. We should take tire. it out in the no. evening. Go right up this long country lane <laughs> with it, bowling it. Yeah. And then we should take it in the. At the end of the evening, before we went home, we used to hide this tyre in the bushes, didn't we? In the long grass. Could you not take it home? Yeah, in the in long grass. Bottom of the garden. Ready for Because my dad would never do any gardening. He was down <laughs> the boozer. Ready for the next day. Well, would they not be happy if you brought them home? Eh? Would they not like it if you brought home the tyres? Well, no. no well, they wouldn't have cared, probably. Oh, but uh, no, we, no, had, no. we had our hiding you place. You just wanted we, to hide them anyway. Because we yeah. wanted to keep them, didn't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. Them. Used to stink of rubber. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, that's... Jumped too far ahead now. We've got to do the V2 rocket now. Who was, well, the, who was the Mickey person? You say Mickey something mouse? Oh, that. You mentioned another name. No. Norman Dribbler. Yeah. And. <laughs> Who's the other one you just mentioned? Monkey Morris. Yeah, Monkey Mickey, Morris. Monkey Morris. Yeah, he it. looked like a monkey. He just did look like a monkey. <laughs> he's like yeah. climbing trees. So I'm a monkey. I'm a monkey. His eye was set back. Oh, there were some strange people around him. <laughs> he was. But uh, he's just another character oh, okay, we have to okay. take Mickey out of. Yeah. And old Mother Big Boot, she lived down in a house, but her garden was about 10 feet below the road, mm. below the road level. Yeah. And she used to be down there putting her washing out, and now we used to go, coming out of school, oh, Mother Big mm, Boot. That's so cruel, because she had one leg short, and there's this boot built up. Oh, wow. It's you know, horrible kids. That's, that's what horrible kids are like, yeah. So, Danny... Three A Gordon Place. Mm. Every night there'd be 15, 20 kids playing, didn't we? Oh, under the lamppost, uh, wasn't it? Our football was a bait bean tin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not quite premium. We had really, <laughs> really, really good games with the bait. We did. And if it accidentally got flattened, we used to get another bait bean <laughs> tin, right? We used to head it and everything. <laughs> Yes, it's stupid kid. That's why we're daft now. Yeah, that's what it is. You've lost your brain cells because <laughs> yeah. of it. But we got there's a just a quickie during all this time. There's a place at Norfolk called the Camel's Hump. It was a great big lump of uh, earthen rock in the middle of a pit. Mm. It was a pit, yeah. 
where they'd left for some reason the level of ground the same as the road. Yeah. So everything would dug around this, and they put a, like a, a wire right up so you could climb up. So you could climb up it a wire. Which we which we often did. It's about eighty foot. Okay. Eighty oh, wow. foot high. Jesus. Maybe yeah. a bit more even. Might even be more. Yeah. Well, one but day him. I I I just had to do what Alan did. And he, yeah. Just he said, "Oh, we're going to go down on the." On the cliff face, we're going to climb down. I said, we're going on the north face. <laughs> <laughs> and there was just sort of clumps of weeds. There's nothing there. Yeah. Just, you know these purple flowers that grow out of chalk? Yeah. Well, that's all it was, wasn't it? Just yeah, but I was walking behind him and it, it, all the stuff was breaking away in front of me, mm. coming, right. trying to come down, and we were high. We were. And I started crying my eyes out. Oh, it was good. Goodbye. It was right. Goodbye. So you look down. We saw this beautiful giant great bush. Mm. Looked like. Oh, well, we'd big, picked this bush to land in. It looked like a big cushion. To land well, you in. know, oh, a, you know, a bush, a bush is going to tear you to bits, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about a bush that's big as Eric's garden, sort of thing. Yeah. So right, we're going to dive into that, and it'll save us. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, down below was a little troop of scouts. They come and saved and us. The chap said. You all right up there? All right. No, no. So he said, hold on, just stay still. Don't say. How big came. was the drop down to the bushes? How it would have been 50 60 foot. 60 foot. Even more, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'd probably been killed. But it was our, we had no alternative. It yeah. was either slide down and tear yourself to bits or dive all in, in the, the bushes. Bush and kill yourself to bits. But we got saved. So so the can you imagine scout. I mean, all the things that we've gone through, suddenly, what do you want? I'd like to see a troop of scouts. Now there. <laughs> and how did, how did they get you down? They, I can't remember. They, they probably did it between them. They probably come up. Yeah. I, don't, I they think they pulled t- They would have had ladders. They would have had ladders. They must have had something. Must to, have had something, yeah. But, but they, they, they got us down So you'd right, climb down to a point where there was no way you was getting back up, basically. No, Oof. no, we couldn't have gone back up. It's just everything was crumbling. Nobody's ever gone up that side before. It's yeah. just just because it's my idea. <laughs> Which is your good idea. It's a bit day. different. <laughs> so now we're coming to uh, 1944, February, mm-hmm. when we received the V2 rocket. Okay. Have you heard of the V2? I've heard of it, yeah. I don't know much, too much about it, but I've heard of it. Something about it. It's about <laughs> sixty twenty foot. foot. No more than that. I've been. Ever seen it? Sixty foot. Sixty foot tall. Rocket. Rocket. Off a railway line. And you can go and see one. Germany. Yeah, I probably have seen one. Maybe like Imperial War Museum or oh, something. Oh, that's where it is. Where you first go in. Then I must have seen that's it. It's the V two super rocket. long one. Yeah. Great big tall the thing. The Silent Death. Right. Very okay. powerful. Goes up, over, down. Where it, where it drops depends on the wind. Mm. Now we're all in bed one winter's night, buried beneath the covers, <laughs> sound asleep. Sound asleep. Yeah, my dad was up at the pub mm. at ten o'clock. This seems like a common, a reoccurring thing is happening. Pub, there. All pubs close at ten o'clock. That was the okay. rule. So my dad came down to the front door, come indoors where mum was and his mate called him back up the top put of the, the key in the door yeah he actually yeah he did and be so he left that there kept back up the top of the road it's only 50 yards long 60 no, yards. no it's 100 at least 100 okay yards. 100 yards so dad walked back up to see what he wanted they had a chat to jack why, higgins why was to jack higgins and why he was talking 
the V2 rocket landed. And he got thrown down these steps. He got, yeah, he yeah, got he thrown, got thrown yeah, down and these steps. He was right on the top of the road. At the top of the road. He would have been in the bottom of the house. Mm. He would have been brown bread. But, as I said, I could, it was ringing in the ears, yep. stars, and you couldn't hear nothing. Just laying there. I could hear my mother calling out, my children yelling out the window. Um, window? There was no windows. There was nothing. <laughs> my nothing children left. are dead. My children are dead. Because we're all steeped. Um, where did it We hit? did not wake up. All right, show This here. Let me show you. That's a picture. Yeah, go on. That's our house. Show the house. Right. The one that laid back. Okay. This is the road that goes down here. Okay. Our house. Made made it a dead end. Mm -hmm. The cul de sac, and this was our bedroom. That was the one with the one that got blown through. Yeah, there's well, no windows anywhere. The yeah. No, yeah. there's no there's no wooden frames either. No, yeah. Window frames, everything had gone, and that's where we slept in there. Jeez. And the road, this that house blocked the end of the cul de sac. Okay. And so the blast went straight down there, with the bomb landed up here. That's crazy. Yeah. That is so crazy. And there's a. Bomb destroys houses, yeah. so that's the write up on it, you see. Yeah. That's the right. So it's the news article. And our names are mentioned there, the Kennelys. <laughs> the Ken the three children, the Kennelys survived. Mm, right. It's all there. Oh, yeah. The room is full of dust. Look at that. There's Mr. No and Mrs. Kennelly and three children were asleep in bed when the missile fell uh, and the ceiling collapsed on them. They received slight injuries. <laughs> That's crazy. I'll definitely have to get a picture of that before I leave. Okay. That's crazy. Right. The, yeah. sli the slight injuries, Jordan. Are you, have you got it going? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The slight injuries were our hair was full of fragments of glass. Not so fragments. Powder. Well, that yeah. Powdered glass. Fragments, powdered it, glass. Powdered glass. From the windows. It was powder. And we t we were, and why we when we when we're taken downstairs, looters were walking in and out of our house, and they stole all mummers mums. They always had a silver tea service. Yeah, had milk jugs, a, a saucepan, and a sugar bowl mm. and a spoon, always on a silver tray. And somebody had walked out with that. And across the road, opposite, was a young couple. I got a boy by the name of Ernie, Ernie Quinnell. Yeah. And he had irons on his legs. Okay? And he was in the in the porchway with his girlfriend, mm. embracing. And they were dead in the standing up position. Do you that, Bertie Locke, a friend of ours, Jesus. who was winning one of the top flats, <laughs> was found in the Fort Gardens in an oak tree. She'd been blown out of that. Blown, blown out, yeah. It blown out about a hundred yards with a broken. He ended up just with a broken leg. Bertie Lock. Bertie Lock, yeah. It was devastating. So My a uncle lot of George people in your area lost their lives, pretty much. Like. Yeah. Oh, lots of people lost their yeah. lives. Yeah. Our uncle. Oh, there's a lot of people lost their lives. Everybody that side was lost their lives. We were the survivors. Mm. Yeah. Uh, um, what about your neighbours and everyone? Were they all right? Or yeah, they were okay. Jimmy, okay. Jimmy Pullen, Johnny Pullen, and Mrs. Pullen. They was all okay. Now, they lived this, this side. This carries on. This house here, mm. which is no longer. Uh, Johnny Murray lived in there. Okay. Friend and of ours. I was bowling with him, but 
four years ago, he said, do you remember about the V2, Eric? Yeah. I said, do I? I said, oh, we were so lucky. Mm. This is what happened in their family. It was cold winter's night. Mm. And Johnny Murray's mother said, it's too cold, we can't, we can't stay here. We can't. We're going to go up, up your nans, mm. which is five or 600 yards away, up at the terrace. Mm. So she took the kids and they slept up the nans because they had run out of coal. And Johnny and the whole family are alive because they run out of coal. And only because they run out of coal. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise they'd have been in the house with a coal, coal fire. Yeah. They went to the Nans and they survived because <clears> they weren't there. That's crazy, isn't it? It seems like the whole, there's a reoccurring theme that I'm, I have to say thank you to you guys because if you didn't survive that, then I wouldn't you be wouldn't here. You wouldn't be here. So thanks for, and we wouldn't Ooh, be sat here. So I, I don't think, here. I didn't think of it that way. Oh yeah. We lost everything. Mm. Anything Everybody gone. Mm. Did you my find... aunt, my aunt was running around with I mean, a dead baby in her Eric, arms. I remember you Jesus. rummaging around trying to find your shoes in the fireplace. Oh. Do you remember that? Yeah, she was in the fireplace, so I couldn't find them. This is from the V two. Yeah. Oh yeah, from the. V2. There was a little. Um, there was a little welding plant about well, five hundred yards. Well, about mm, two hundred yards away. That's where the and one of the acetylene bottles was in our kitchen. Yeah. The acetylene bottle blew up and went in the kitchen straight through the house. (laughs) We shouldn't be here. And when you look at the block of flats that are gone and that were still remaining, the whole of the building, you could see each floor, you could see there's a bathroom, you you could see the bath hanging there on its pipes. Mm. As kids, my Uncle George came, obviously the family came rushing down to Golden Pleasant, I was taken up to uh, Graceland Hospital on my Uncle George's shoulders. Yeah. Oh, well, I did, uh, did I have to walk? No. <laughs> you were the tough one, on. remember? We were all taken up walk. there, anyway, because um, yeah. I remember they, they, they said to me, in fr- they didn't take us in any prep room. There was every, loads of people in the waiting room, and yeah. we were there as well. And they, she said to me, drop your trousers. I take my trousers down in front of all these people. And I remember being so embarrassed. And she gave me an injection Yeah. after they cleaned all the glass out of our hair. Do you know you what know, the injection to... was? Hmm? Do you know what the injection was? I haven't was? got a clue. Just something. Something to calm be, be me. Be quiet, know, child. Whatever. Injection. You know, any <laughs> little kids anyway. Yeah. But... Right. What can we do now? Well, at the end of the day, we lost just everything. Mm. Yeah, we had... And we were taken to live, to stay in St Mary's at mm. a nun's a nunnery a nunnery oh. convent a convent yeah and we stayed there overnight and we moved into a big house not far from the convent called Glenview yeah big if you flat. look out from That's our still rivers, there. it's the highest building still in the whole of Grey's End we lived there yeah in the top flat in the up top in the flat. attic penthouse living <laughs> up in the attic not much to say about Glenview we weren't no, there that long no except we had the window open and bats flew in <laughs> What? Bats flew in our bedroom, fluttering. Oh yeah, because we're so high in grazing. At night, all the moths, oh, oh. moths and everything was bats flying around everywhere. Stag beetles, you don't see these oh, now. Stag beetles. I see stag beetles. Oh, I've yeah. seen them. Not yeah. for, be loads of not them. Not for at least two years, three no, years. I've not no, seen them. No, there's lots of them floating around in Bar in uh, Pelham Road, mainly. I mm. seem to remember them yeah. under the bright lampposts. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen one in years, honestly. Stag beetles, no. seriously. Mm. The one thing I remember about Glenview is there, there was a Mr. Naylor that yeah. lived in the flat next to us. Yeah, next I don't to know us. if we were noisy kids and all that. Probably. But I was playing up, going, walking up the stairs, playing, 
and I come across this Mr. Naylor and he looked at me and he went, whack, <laughs> smacked me right around the cheek he did. Really? Yeah. I didn't cry or nothing. I didn't go to my mum or nothing. I just looked at him. Right. He was an old boy. He smacked me around the face. God, for nothing. Like hitting someone else's child. <laughs> for nothing. So while we were at Glenview, now, we've lost everything. Now, mm. we, they've got to give us some furniture. They've got to give us some clothes. Yeah. So they gave us what they call utility furniture and utility clothes. Yeah, the cheapest of stuff. Right. You can, just and to get you by. On, on a, a rainy night, mm. I, wanted to, I really wanted to see the film Pinocchio. Okay. So my mother, my mother gave me sixpence to walk down to the plaza, and watch Pinocchio. Okay. Now, I walked in the rain. Two and a half p. Okay. Sixpence. So I'm walking down there, in my new utility boots, <laughs> and I watch the film. And I come home. And my my father is there. Yeah, my father is there, at Glenview. He's there. Okay. Yeah. And I go walking in. I was a film like says my mum said, Oh lovely Pinocchio Mum, I really, really, really liked it. Yeah, yeah. Call me a lad. what's up, Dad? Come here. Show me those boots. And now they were a heavy cardboard. And yeah. what had happened is <laughs> the bottoms had splayed out. You get cardboard, the the heels had splayed out a little yeah. bit with the rain. Okay. He said, you've been jumping up and down bloody puddles, haven't you? <laughs> I said, no, Dad, no, Dad, I've only walked to the plaza and seen a film, Dad. No, he says, you've been jumping up in bloody puddles. Come here. Pulls out the belt. Buckle, you're the buckle end. Mm. Whack! Round the legs and round the back sides. Buckle end of a belt for walking mile and a half in the rain in my utility boots. Oh, it's sad, isn't it? That is sad. That is sad. <laughs> you had to walk in the rain and you got a belt in. Yeah, yeah, for doing it. You don't forget. You, you don't forget. I don't yeah. remember ever getting a belt out. Eh? I don't remember I, ever getting a belt. He slipped his belt out of his trousers and gave me one. Have you never been walloped by your dad? No, not at all. Yeah, well, I was a middle kid. I've got it all. <laughs> I'm the I've youngest. I get all. I get, I I get all the, the two years old and a brother two years old. He probably asked me. Very difficult being a middle kid. I'm he probably you. asked me who'd done it and I said him. Oh, yeah. That was probably little it. kid always got it. Who's <laughs> my little sister? Oh, that Eric. Not really. That's not that true. Eric. Not true. We moved to Pelham Road. 33. Okay. Why did you move? My mum moved us from that big flat to mm. a smaller flat above uh, it, uh, it, Mrs. Mulhern. It was a nice building. It was a two-storey house and we had the top, top floor. It was quite nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a nice place. Yeah. It was just, just an... On a fairly main road. Is this still during the war this time? Uh, no, the war has now ended. Okay. No, wait a minute. Yes, it had, Eric. We moved there. So how long after the V2 bombing did the war end? Right, another year. One more year. Approximately, yeah, okay. 1945. Yeah, this was February 44. The um, war ended about June 45. Do you remember 45. the war ending? Like, do you remember it? Like Yeah, and then uh, there was VE Day... Okay. That was victory in Europe, and the whole of the streets were covered in uh, tables and chairs, and we had parties yeah. in the middle Street of the streets. Parties. Yeah, <laughs> and then there was VJ Day, victory over Japan. Okay. Yeah. Street parties. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't remember going to any other than one. Wellington Street. Yeah, and we, yeah, and I remember we were celebrating down where we stole those two bikes. Oh, don't. <laughs> 
We're not going to go <laughs> where I stole those bikes. Oh, yeah, we stole. <laughs> that's, we stole. A bit we like that's quite a bit later. We didn't have nothing. Yeah. You well, want a bike? I mean, when you lose you want a bike ride? You go and steal somebody's bike. Yeah. <laughs> it's not much different now, believe me. <laughs> I, Alan, Alan, and Peter have got their bikes. They've stolen their bikes, mm. and I'm two years younger, right? And we went down to the near the terrace, near the promenade, and there's a a, a road with a cul-de-sac, and just two doors down there was this bike parked on the curb. But it was a lady's. Alan said, "There's your bike. Off you go. We're going to go for a bike ride." <laughs> I said, "No, I'm not having that, Alan. It's a lady's bike. I'm not going to ride a lady because it didn't have a crossbar, did it? <laughs> I'm not riding a lady's bike." He said, "You will get that bloody bike." <laughs> I didn't talk like that then. No, I said, you get that bloody bike anyway. I snatched the bike, turned it round, and as I turned it round, this lady came running out. Wanted her bike back. <laughs> and I'm cycling. I'm trying to cycle away. But I'm, I'm, I'm really giving it the big pedal and it's come to a, a, a slope down which was easier for me and harder for her to hang on. Yeah. And she let go of screaming and I was away. And you, oh. and you was away with a bike? Yeah. I kept yeah. the bike for a couple of days, right? And we used my... to hide it with his bike in the long grass at the bottom of the garden. Yeah, with the tyres. The, <laughs> <laughs> the truth I've... is, two days later, I, I start, you know, in your landing bed, you start thinking, mm. even... Ten? Ten. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably ten. And I thought, oh, no, no, no. And I got on the bike. You took it back. When it started to get dusky and darkish, mm. I took the bike and I parked it outside the house and ran off. And I put mine back in the bike shed where I got it from in the first place. <laughs> it was just rented. You just borrowed it. But this is that. This was by um, Gravesend Council offices. Now it's not right. You know, there's a little office that used to be a no, pub. She here. must have been so pleased to see a bike back. Yeah, yeah, I, I bet she was. Super yeah. Excited. Oh, so, terrible. Should have left a note on it. Thank you, room out. Sorry. <laughs> no. Oh, terrible. Sorry, I robbed right. your bike. We put them back. We put them back. Oh, and. There's a Tilbury ferry, right? Used to go across to Tilbury, oh. and we we uh, we didn't have any money, mm. so we used to. How did we get on them ferries? I've, I've got a feeling we paid fourpence, but somehow. Well, we're gonna have fourpence, Alan. No, we we had a way of look when they're all going on, mm. they're all going on. We got behind the and walked on and just went and, and sat somewhere. Yeah, but Eric, we had that boat to ourselves all day Sunday. We used to be on this boat, on this ferry <laughs> going over to Tilbury. Back to Gravesend, and the the, the uh, pilot of the boat said, "As long as you behave yourselves, I'll okay. let you stay on board." Mm. And we used to stay on there all, all day, day long. Backwards <laughs> and now, forwards. Backwards and forwards. I said to Alan one day, "We're about ten again." Alan, you won't believe it. I've been over the other side of the water. I said, and they're all made of cellulose. <laughs> oh God, I don't believe it. He said, Alan said, "Get out of it." I said, Alan. They're all made of cellulose. You can see through it. All the people are walking around, you can see through them. <laughs> so, like an idiot, I believe you. <laughs> you believe me? <laughs> so we were on the we, ferry and we are patrolling the... I'm taking around all the streets looking for cellulose people. We want miles, children. I'm not kidding you. We, we did walk find one way. We people. And never found these celluloid people. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 I've got cellulose there. What point? Oh, yeah. And they were green. What an adventure. Well... Now, going to school, right, uh, this is Pelham Road, we're talking definitely 10, 9 to 10, I am, I know that, and this is what it is, you'd have your shoes and they'd have a big hole underneath each one, Mm. 
and the water would get into your socks. Oh. So we used to, you can always get cardboard because there were shredded wheat boxes and things like yeah. that. So I used to cut the cardboard, put two layers in each shoe, and I used to get my sock that came up to here and fold it right over mm. so I had the sock and the two layers of cardboard <laughs> and the water wouldn't get in my shoe. Result. And that, and you go to school so you got like that. Yeah. that. And, and um, my uh, mum said I got you some trousers and when, when I put them on, they were my, she cut the, cut the legs down on my dad's trousers and they went round me twice at the waist. <laughs> Jesus. And was you at school during the war as well, or was there, was there no school at that point? Uh, right, in 1945, I was nine, Alan was 11. Yeah. War right. stopped at 11. And then I went, to, I went from junior school to Golden, to uh, Golden to the, School, where I did my so, 11 plus, and uh, boy, that was hard. Yeah. It was hard at school. They, the teachers used to cane you for next to Oh, nothing. yeah, they used to get I'd be, sitting, I'd be sitting in class like that, and I'm full of attention, right? Because you were scared of the teachers. Mm. There was a certain teacher that was love rushing his cane at you. Yeah. There was another teacher called Herbert Brace. He had a stick up here. Brace, yeah, Brace. And it was Mr. Thick. It was a stick that was thick at one end and thin at the other. And he called it Mr. Thick and Mr. Thin. And, and he, he if, to, he, if he walked past you and he looked and you're too slow on your book, flick, bang. He hit you on the, the head. head with Mr. Thick. Painful. Or whack you with Mr. Thick. <laughs> he was a mess teacher. He was he a mass teacher, yeah. yeah. He was, yeah. He used to he luck it in that ticket and giving you a whack on the head. Harry, These people no must be sadistic. Harry they Brass. must enjoy it. They must have enjoyed well, it. Well, they did enjoy it. I'm, si I'm sitting in class full of attention like that. One, I forget what the name of this teacher was, the, the cane Lucia. I'm sitting there and this kid poked me in the back. And the teacher wasn't in a very good mood. Yeah. And I went, pack it up. He said, Kennedy, get out here. I said, but... Uh, uh, get out of here. Whoosh, whoosh. But you used to, you have a cane drill. Mm. You knew he was looking for that. <laughs> you knew he was looking for that. That's the pain on them you knuckles. You used right? to push it forward. So you used to go. <laughs> so you got it on that little uh, thick part there. Yeah. But no, the cart is there. He moved the cane two inches. <laughs> you still got the knuckles. Anyway. Ouch. It was hard at school. Mm. But I can remember that. I, st I had an English teacher right now. I didn't like most of the teachers. Things were, but I had an in English teacher, Mr. Woodward, and I adored him. Yeah. And because I liked that English teacher so much, I started to knuckle down. I knew that in, th at thir I mean, we're talking about 13 later if we got a chance. Yeah. At mm -hmm. the age of 13, I started to knuckle down. Started to enjoy and it. Try to be a decent person through <laughs> Mr Woodward and and every time we'd done exams who who had 20 out of 20 at English Eric Kennelly 20 out of 20 18 him 17 <laughs> down to about yeah. three or four I always had 20 out of 20 English because I was attentive and I loved my English see if you love the lesson because of Mr on. Woodward yeah. yeah I love my it's English it's like that now get... though like everybody who does well in lessons I know particularly me like I used to try so much harder in lessons of teachers you actually like it's the ones yeah, who yeah. Yeah, you're Excel. You no Excel. Yeah. yeah, that's what a lot of teachers fail to see even mm. now. We had all. It was all. There was all kinds of things. I mean, um, in them days, um, if you didn't have a pair of football boots, you couldn't play football for the school. Wow. You couldn't even go out, and you had to sit on the side and watch them play football. Yeah. And I had no football boots. Yeah. 
I didn't play football. I loved it. I loved the smell of the grass. I loved the idea of football. We used to kick about with our shoes, but I didn't. I didn't get to play football. Cause I had no boots. I, I had mum bought me a pair of football boots for being for being a good boy in the dentist. I was a middle Took child. Me to the I was dentist, and because I did. I'm the middle child. I get FA. All right. Anyway. Um, she, she, because I was upset, she took me to the. I don't know if they're brand new or not, but they're black, black football boots. Right. And I remember laying on the bed, and I had these football boots on. I wouldn't take them off because I was so <laughs> proud of them. It was around before I started to knuckle down at, at thirteen. I was, how old was I when we ran away from home? <laughs> oh, we no, go. no, I was still at school. Obviously. So was I. Yeah, so I was about 13. Yeah. I'd be 11. You're absolutely right. I was definitely 11 because I hadn't knuckled down yet. I was doing everything my brother told me. <laughs> right. He comes up the garden one day and said, we're going to London. We're running away. Right, this is on a Monday. Yeah. Mum used to give us seven pence halfpenny for the bus pass for a week. Mm. And she used to give us four pence for our lunches. Oh, so we took this money... Went on the Gravesend Platform. Oh, we met our cousin, Ronnie Banny. Ronnie Bandy. Well, now, this is Ronnie, Band- Ronnie Bandy. He was streetwise. An absolute crooked thief. <laughs> he and he's was. a bit older than Alan. He couldn't, yeah. And I'm two years younger than Alan. Yeah. And Alan said to me, come on, we're going up to London. Yeah, so we went, to, Gra- went to the Gravesend Station, mm. bought a penny platform ticket. Okay. Okay, so we had to get on the platform, which you could sit there all day and watch trains go by. So we jumped on the train. No, no, he... He's missing things out, right? What have I missed out? Well, I know what happened. <laughs> right. Ronnie Bandy, we're trailing along behind Ronnie Bandy. He's taking us to London for a new life. Yeah. A new life. I can see all new clothes and, oh yeah, he's got it all planned, a new life. Okay. And he took us into Gravesend Market and he sold his mother's two pound bag of sugar <laughs> oh, yeah. for some money. Yeah, he's missed money. that, see? We've gone to Gravesend Market and he put this big bag of sugar over Right, and took the money, and off we're going to Gravesend Station. Carry on. Okay. <coughs> He's a right. crook he was. So we, yeah. got to, got, we got to Gravesend Station, and uh, all got on the train. Mm. Right, now the problem is, when you get to the other end, how do you get past the ticket barrier? Yeah. So we, we, we saw everybody, everyone's getting off the train at the same time. Lots of people. Lots yeah. of people come like and you he do. he told going, us what to do, going to Ronnie work, Bandy, you go like that. Going to it, he said, just do that. Do that, it means your so dad's behind he you, said right? You, your parents are behind you. And so, this was so we worked. We went through to the barrier. He said, through. He no. knew it was Lewisham. It was Lewisham station. Lewisham and he station. knew where the hole in the fence was. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, and so we went to his auntie's house. Oh, you really jumped. We went through a hole in the fence first. He said, <laughs> oh, yeah, through We're the hole. We're wandering around Lewisham. Yeah, and okay. we went to already Bandy's aunt, yeah, auntie. Yeah, we did. And she I mean, said, we're runaways, we are. She said, what are you doing here? So Ronnie made some sort of excuse. Yeah, Ronnie oh, Bandy. Before we left, we told Jean, my little sister, tell Mummy we've gone to London to get a job. Like, right. Tell Mummy. Now, we're, we're sitting in this room. Did she, she made us a cup of tea, yeah? Yeah, she made us a cup of tea. Right. She, had, she had to go out the room. And out Ronnie Bandy is up like a shot into a handbag. He's winning it and he's... His own auntie. Yeah, his own auntie, and he taking took, money out of her handbag. Took some money out of her purse. Yeah, we know. And off and we going. went. And off we anyway, went. and then we leave on our adventure. And then we we start walking around. Look, and now it's dark. Getting it's dark. Cold, right? Mm. So Ronnie, I said, "What are we doing?" 
What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm crying my eyes out, right? I've wet myself. <laughs> and we go and sleep in back, we sleep back in her garden and we sleep in her freezing cold garden shed. It wasn't her garden. It's, oh. No, we travelled, we'd gone away some distance. In fact, we came, we went to a, an old boy sitting around a... Oh no, we went and slept first, didn't we? What, before you had, we saw that fire? No. No, we, we slept when we were so uncomfortable, then we went out. Right, well, all right, whatever way around it shed. was. Anyway, we, this old boy, he's got a, a round fire in a... in A, a watchman. Mm. A watchman in a little tent thing, you know. Okay. Anyway, we told him our story. <laughs> okay. What? We told him what we... We told him we'd run away. We I told... We, we actually I, told him because... I don't, think, I don't think only Bandy would like... I don't think... Bandy would have let you say that. We stood around, the, we were freezing. We just stood warming our hands around mm. his, his barrel with all flames. That's right. Okay. It didn't take him much to know that at 11 o'clock at night there's three kids that are runaways. But the reason, right, he, I, it's one of us, I, so it might have me that told him then because he informed the police. I know that that we were on, on work it out to be look at look out yeah. for us. But yeah. we went in that we went in that shed and slept on these wet sacks <laughs> and started to get freezing cold. So we got up, thinking, oh, perhaps it's daytime now, so cold. And we goes walking down this road, <laughs> and these three no, that's stop. Oh, he right. misses such a lot. Look, <laughs> we were starving. Work it out. We are <laughs> starving, and I'm telling to Ronnie Bandy, I want some food, and I'm crying. Right. I'm only 11, these two are 13 and 15 or whatever, and I'm crying. So to keep me quiet, we go into a cafe or a restaurant yeah. and order bread and butter. <laughs> Don't you remember? Don't miss it out. Yeah, also, we, he ordered and he paid the lady for bread and butter. Yeah. They said, right, now plan B. When he said, this is where we get all the money. He says, I know over there, he knew all the place, we went to the bus garage, right? The bus and he terminal. said, what we're going to do, we know they, they get the big cash boxes and they put it under, I know where they put it under the stairs. Mm. We're going to go on the buses and get a load of money from the cash boxes. <laughs> right? And I'm getting all excited. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Going to do this, going to do that. <laughs> is, is we did a bread, our bread and butter. We spoke to the night watchman and he's, he's in there and he, he didn't find nothing, did he? he says, of course there was no, they're not going to leave money on board. No, nothing there. Of they didn't. It was then that we were wandering in the streets, what time would it be? Probably 11, 12, because that, we would think it's later. Even a bit longer. Yeah. Right. And, as and we're walking. We're starving. And we're walking over grills where there was a baker's underneath. Right? Uh -huh. and all the, we stopped. The, the water was coming out and the smell of bread. bloody cooking. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I'm only 11. I remember it as if it was yesterday. Yeah. And then we walked along and there was three blokes coming towards us, drunk. So they were drunk as anything. On the other side of the road. That's not Yeah, they were drunk, right? Yeah. And they, and we were walking like, oh, look at them, you know. <laughs> and they, they crossed the road. Crossed the road. And snatched us. They were cops. Gotcha. They were plain clothes cops. No. They snatched us. They drunk. I'm yeah, sure they made out they were drunk. I'm um, sure I told the, that night watchman what we were doing and they were looking out for us. Oh, he obviously found for the night watchman and the, and the lady that served us in the, in the, in the, in the yeah. restaurant or whatever. Bread and butter, what are you talking about? These kids are runaways. Yeah. <laughs> so, we get taken into the police station. Come on, lads, come on. We know you're on the runaway, all right. We'll hear your story later on. Come on. They took us, in, <laughs> took us into the and put us in a cell. 
Oh, and we laid on a, he said, a red rubber mattress and they bought us in the morning, they bought us a fish cake and a cup of tea. Yeah. He said, we won't lock the door, but it was locked. Yeah, we won't lock the door. One of my kids, we won't lock the door. Anyway, we had, a, we had a fish cake and a cup of tea in the morning. And my mum, my mother is coming for they us. They informed our parents. Oh. Really? They informed our parents. Of course they did. Yeah, so they informed our Told parents. Told them where we lived. Mum and Vina. So mum and Vina come up for us. And mum's Ronnie friend. Bandy's mum, that is. And, oh, is it Bandy's mother? Yeah, Vina was, yeah. Anyway, um, they they come and get us. Probably they tell about, us off? about ten in the morning. Not really. No, but I'll tell you what they did do. We got on the Green Line bus to come home. And they were in the seat behind us eating great big we were starving. Cream cakes. Cream cakes. <laughs> and we were sitting there watching them eat these green cakes. <laughs> we were starving. That was the story of the runaway. And oh, it was yeah, just a, we an unsuccessful away. attempt to I run away. I did get a clip around the ear off from your dad did, when he yeah. came home from oh. work. See, that would be 11. That would be 11. And we're living at Bourne Road. Right. to get Number to Bourne... 13, Bourne Road. Mm. 13. Right. To get to Bourne Road, that was from Pelham Road. Okay. About four, four miles? Yeah. My dad hired a two-wheel wheelbarrow from the firm. Okay. He was a bricky, by the way, a brick yeah. And uh, we put all the furniture on this barrow that we needed, and we had, I had to help him to push it from this four miles journey. Oh, four big, miles! Big, big form on a big two. Do you want to stop for a while? No, no, no. <laughs> on a two wheel handcart, mm. and I had to push it up to Bourne Road. My dad and me, which we did, and we it, this was a brand new uh, prefab house. Mm. And that's Bourne Road. So there we are. We lived at Bourne Road and we started going 12, 13. I knuckled down at 13. Make no mistake about that at school. Mm. I knuckled down. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I lost... My dad died when I was 14. Okay. Alan, Alan oh. was 16. Yeah. Uh, he was a, a very accomplished bricklayer and he was a really good bricklayer. Yeah. And Alan took an apprenticeship with him. And work with him. Yeah. Okay. Is that I where did, that started I, for you then? I, I did a five year exchange with, with my dad. Uh, I didn't want to be a bricklayer, but um, he said, "Well, come and come as a temporary job and, until you get something." Or, well, after three months, I'd done my servant trial time. Yeah. And I was fully fledged five year apprentice from okay. then on. Makes sense. Which I never looked back on. Yeah, I absolutely yeah, yeah. love being in the building trade. Yeah. Yeah, and dad died when I was seventeen. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> my father um, had rheumatic fever when he was below the age of 21. Okay. Now, if you're going to have rheumatic fever below the age of 21, you're going to have heart valve trouble. Mm -hmm. If you have rheumatic fever over the age of 21, it will just make you go bald. Okay. Yeah. So my, my make dad, you go bald? Yeah, make you go bald. If you're over 21, you just go bald. Oh. But my father was 18 when he got rheumatic fever and it left him with dodgy valves in the heart. Now, yeah. as you know, that Barnard was the heart surgeon, the first one to do the valves. Many, they'd no, he had no chance. Oh, right, no. He had no chance. And we, yeah. we, watched, him, we watched him gradually die. And oh. it's so <clears throat> sad to see his smiling face in that hospital when the last time we went to see him. Yeah. He saw us kids and he smiled. His grin was... But he was shaking it because he was so ill. He's, 
but he was smiling. Yeah. And that was the last we saw of him. He died, and so I lost my dad. As I, when I used to go to work with him every morning, mm. he used to have a bottle of liquid, liquid fruiter, it's called. Yeah, it's he had it with him all times. Garlic based. Okay. And he used to keep swigging it, because so, he was so ill, he kept swigging it through the day and through the working day as well. He'd mm. keep swigging it just to keep him so out of pain. Yeah. So, goodbye, Dad. But during this time, he was having an affair with a, a window dresser at Marks and Spencer's. Yeah. And my mother was having an affair with a man called George. Oh, oh they're both at it. Yeah, so they... Yeah, yeah. both having an affair. Uh, all I saw was this, um, this George, because we saw him and didn't like smarmy, didn't like him. <coughs> Dark wavy hair. Black wavy <coughs> hair, big, all greasy, because they used to use brill cream in didn't like him. She kept him. She kept him away. She kept him away, but we, we knew, we, you know what's going on. But suddenly, he appeared at Bourne Road and took over. He did take over. He actually, he, he enhanced our life quite a bit because he bought us, bought the first the TV in the road mm. and all the, all the kids used to come around in the house to watch TV. We went and stayed in the caravan for a week at Sea Salter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> first holiday in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, at the so, age of 14, so 14 did, and a half. He did lots of good things. I've got it. Was he a nice person? Well, in a way, but we didn't. Well, well, so we got to like him. Yeah. Yeah. Young Youngsters like us started yeah, to yeah, like we him. We got to like him, yeah. We were, TV. we were seeing things that we never got. That's right, yeah. But. Right. But, uh, but I wasn't working on any money anyway, so, you know. He... So now it's coming, it's coming now that you're going to be leaving school. We got very friendly with the next door kids. There were two Scottish kids. Yeah. I got very friendly with um, Elwin, and, and we had Gold, some really good times. Gold at yeah. We used to play Scotland against England. We used to play shinty in the road with uh, hockey sticks and that. Play what? Shinty. Shinty. What's that? It's hockey. It's like a game of hockey. Okay. It's exactly we used to have a same, tennis ball in shinty. In, in Scotland, it was called shinty. So we used to have great fun with kids. We had good oh, evenings with the did. kids playing cricket down the wreck and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good times go by, but it actually come by that 14 and a half, 14 and three quarters. My mother is going to get me an apprenticeship as an electrician with G.E. Wallace, the company that my father. Because my father was so well known and such a good bricklayer yeah. that they were willing to take his two sons on as a bricklayer, as an electrician. Oh. But I had to wait for my apprenticeships. So at 14 and three quarters, I took a, a job as a butcher. I, my mum said, oh, you can go to work, she said. And I was a butcher's boy okay. for Green Hill Butcher in Single Road. And um, I was the... Did, Delivery with a big basket and a little wheel on the front, a big wheel on the back. <laughs> yeah. And I delivered, five, I started at five o'clock in the morning, all the deliveries. And uh, during that time at Greenhill Butchers, um, I, I didn't I didn't like it. I knew I'd a, I had to lie. I had mm. to lie. I had to tell the butcher that I wanted to be a butcher. My mum said, you've got to tell me you won't get the job. Tell him you want to be a butcher. Right. So he, he had a young, you. yeah, he had a young butcher with him, <laughs> yeah. uh, who was about nineteen, and I was, <clears throat> and I was fourteen and three quarters, or fifteen even. And um, one day they said, um, Eric, uh, come to the back. He said uh, it's Christmas time. He said we're going to, we're going to kill a few rabbits and some chickens. And he said uh, he won't, he, he, he can't handle it. That's a nineteen-year-old. He said, but he, but I want you to come. And, and uh, see, if you want to be a butcher, you've got to learn these things. Yeah. 
I used to make, and I was making sausages at the time. Right? Yeah. Skins, all right, making sausages, delivering, making sausages. And I stood there. And he's got these chickens in their coops and he's got about four rabbits. And uh, he picked up a rabbit. And he stroked it, he stroked it, stroked its ears down like that. And he's looking there. And he picks up a truncheon. And he goes, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> Grabs a knife and slits its throat over a enamel bucket. And all the blood is pouring into the bucket. Oh. And I'm standing there watching that. But the rabbits in the hutches can smell the blood of the rabbit that's just been killed and they are all doing their nut and he's bringing them out one at a time and they're kicking and screaming. And I'm watching oh. all this. I'm go- Do you think I'm going to be a butcher? There's no way I'm going to be a... <laughs> Obviously, no, you're not. No way. Anyway. No. Why did he hit it with the truncheon if he was only going to slice <laughs> his throat? Yeah. Knock them out and then cut their throat. That's What a terrible way to do it. Oh, yeah. The chickens, he just went like that. Aren't, they, aren't you just supposed to like karate chop? Oh, yeah, yeah, he smacked them on the head with a wooden trunk. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Oh. Anyway. Brutal. Thank God anyway, you never a butcher, eh? Then I said, to, I said to him one day, I had to. Oh, he did. I thought he was going to hit me. I said to him, oh, Mr. Green, I'm leaving. What? What's that? Leaving? Yeah. I said, I'm starting an electrical apprenticeship with G. Wallace. What? Electrical? You wanted to be a... Bu- oh. I got out quick. Run out the door. Okay. Otherwise, you're getting the truncheon. You're going to be the next special on the uh, on the butcher's market. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you want to say anything about you when you've lost our father? Right. Lost yeah. our father. I got mother affair with George. First all, you see, so I got to like George. Uh, Fifteen apprenticeship, electrical delayed, butcher's boy. <laughs> Killing in the kitchen. Oh, I even got it here. Yeah. Killing in the kitchen. Left to join. Oh, then Alan says to me at school, "We're going to join the AT- air training corps, the air force. We're going to join the air force. Come on, Big let's up. do it. Let's do it." I did. What? You did? I was, yeah. I was yeah. in the ATC from 12 till now. I'm still part You're still of it. in. We're in, okay, we're in 402 Squadron, Gravesend. Still about 402 Gravesend yeah, Squadron. Yeah. Still, still going, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was firing a 303 rifle at 14 and a half. <laughs> um, they had to, because that's a gun, that's a rifle, mustn't say gun. As the rifle went off, I went back two yards. <laughs> that was sit on me. That's it, made me. But I'll tell you what. They say that to us still. It's not a gun, it's a rifle. We right. still get not that. So I was, I was enjoying it. I've got an older brother, and, Peter, and uh, two years older than me and a bit, and, and Peter, two years older than mm. me. Um, I'm, I'm learning more. I've got more Morse code, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And we've we've gone to Manston. Yeah, to, been to Manston. To fly. Oh, yeah. Fly you got to fly in Tiger Moths. Tiger Moths. Oh. Yeah. We went to Manston. That's... The Americans had evacuated because the Americans were there in the war. Yeah, yeah, they had that. Yeah. And um, when we got, we were walking in there, right, and Peter Davis and Alan and I, and it was so hot, you could fry an egg on the wing. Yeah. And Peter Davis gets up on a, to a typhoon, an old typhoon, yeah. undoes the canopy, gets in and goes like that. <laughs> and we're looking at him. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> going, but then his face started to go red. Mm. And the grin was gone. The grin was gone. Imagine it must have been 90 degrees. He's got an enclosed canopy. There's no air in there and now. And he couldn't open it. All right. And he can't in the greenhouse. And we could see him going red and, and, and really getting in a state. So we run and got a, an airman, didn't we? Yeah. And he got up and then got him out. Get didn't him he? out, yeah. Well, he'd have died. He'd have died he would have died in there. Yeah. <gasps> Poor kid. Peter Davis. Anyway, and then, of course, we enjoyed it. It was really enjoy enjoyable, the lessons and all that that we were mm. doing. But then it was time to fly. Yeah. And he's old, older than me. He went up first. And Alan said to me, Whatever you do, right, he says, when you go up in the tight, and he goes over the North Sea, he said, and he's going to say, do you want some stunts? He said, go for it. Say yes, it's yeah. terrific. <laughs> now, I'm so small. The parachute is dragging on the behind me, right? Yeah. And you get to the, you climb up, and they hold this parachute, and they drop it into an iron frame, mm. right? And you sit and on you, that. And, and then you see. sit on it, and it's you just... sit on it. And then they put all these straps over you, and there's a round, a round brass thing here with a hair clip, big hair clip in it. Yeah. Right, and you got a helmet, and the mirror was missing in the little oblong. Mm. The mirror was missing, but you can't turn more than that to see the pilot. <laughs> this is what happened to me, right? So, anyway, I'm sitting in there. I'm all strapped in, helmet on, and they said, "Look, you go push it that way, and you can talk to the pilot. Push it the other way, and you can hear what you're saying." Mm. I mean, this is nineteen. 50, 49, something like that. 50, yeah, about 49, yeah. So you've got this thing, right? So you're sitting there. Anyway, all open. Mm. Massive roaring of that engine <laughs> as it starts off. And we tie and we go, oh, look, there's Margate. Look at Margate, Dreamland. I'm looking at Dreamland. This is true. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, a tiny little boat down there. Look at that. We go right out to the North Sea. Out, out right? Mm. And he's going, recruit. Would you like some stunts? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Done, right? Mm, going out there, and he turns turns back, right? <laughs> and we're, we're coming back to land, and the uh, engine goes, blip, 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 blip. rushing wind, dead silence, <laughs> coming down towards Margate. We're crashing. We're definitely crashing. <laughs> Can't. No mirror. Pilot, are we all right? <laughs> Pilot, are we all right? <laughs> <laughs> Rushing wind. <laughs> just got to pull the hair clip out and I'm free, and I? I'm going. Yeah. So I'll go. I'll shut it up again and go like that. And it wouldn't many seconds later that all the engine came back. And we leveled out and we we're coming over Manson and we landed. Do you know, he, he just cut his engine to save fuel coming in on a tire. And you were going to jump out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was away, Why mate. didn't he say anything? Nah. Oh, when we pulled up <laughs> and they took the straps off, I looked around the pilot and he went, Oh, he didn't hear none of this. No, no. Or he probably didn't thought leave him to it. And then we went up in a, an Anson and an Oxford. Oh, it was great fun. But It was a good fortnight, but, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the two old Oldens, oh, we're leaving the ATC. 
Both of you. Believe in the ATC, Eric. All right, I'm not going to stay there on my own. And they left. And I left. Oh. Well, I'm, the two older ones left. What did you leave for? I don't, can't remember now. <laughs> Got bored. Well, it's getting to the age where you want looking for girlfriends and... A bit different, isn't it, then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, AT still still around. I've got loads of friends in four or two Gravesend squadron. Even now, I know oh, all of the stuff. Really? Oh yeah, I know loads of them from there. We used oh, to. Right. They win a lot nowadays, you know. Gravesend, they're still winning a lot of competitions now. Oh, are they? Yeah, oh, and right. in fact, one of my friends got to fly in one of the last Tiger Moths that were flying about, or like my friend got to fly in the last cadet flown one of those. Uh, she got yeah, a really good opportunity, but oh, right. yeah, that still happens. Yeah. They've still got them. But yeah, the engine didn't turn off and they didn't turn the engine off. But now it's, it's completely different now. To go flying now, it's like you get your flight suit, you get your helmet, you get you have to have like, you have to be measured and they give you like specific like uh, oh, like cushions to sit on and everything. sophisticated. Yeah, they yeah. teach you how to use the parachute. The parachute was your cushion. Yeah. yeah we, had no... to, we had to walk a quarter of a mile across the field to the plane. They still yeah. ask you if you want to do stunts and stuff. They'll ask you if you want to do it, and they I have a few times. And they let me, like, they let you bank left, bank right, and then they're like, they'll pull up, and you just pull it back, and you just go up to go, yeah, all the way over. Yeah, still a lot of fun. Yeah, they still oh, do that is. now. We fly Grob tutors now, which are like little two seater light engine aircraft. What what rank what rank is it you've got to? I was cadet warrant officer, so I was like the highest cadet you could get officer, in. Yeah, highest you could get. Yeah, how old are you? Yes, please, Jean. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I'm all right, thank you. you. Right. Yeah, I'm all right. I've, no, I've still got right, mine. What years have we got to now, Eric? Right, I mean, here we go now. I'm going to start my apprenticeship, but you're now... Alan started his... What age were you when you started your apprenticeship? 15. 15? Oh, 15. Mm. Well, I started mine at 16. Yeah. I come so Alan was only a year in his apprenticeship when mm. I started on the same company. Yeah. You doing electrical stuff. And you're He's doing, doing electrical and I'm doing brickwork. Mm. So, before I went in the army, you're in the army. Yeah, right. So how old are you? 20. So you got any stories during your apprenticeship? Oh yeah, of course I Oh, apprenticeship? Not really, apart from... We used to go down the town on a Sunday looking for birds. That's what I was going to say, and then the Saturday night dancing was, yeah. was oh. our life. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we lived for Saturday night dancing. Yeah, and uh, there was a time period time mm. where Eric and Peter Davis and David Knight were all walking the streets with their trilby hats on. Mm. That we decided to tr- start a trend. Okay, but it didn't work well, out. Oh, we all had trilbies. We were, we just had we our trilby. Yeah, we, we had white paper behind these yeah. star stories. The straps with stars in it, and you yeah. can see the white stars. Just go and buy a shirt every Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told him that it was rock and come on. It was it was nothing like today. It was yeah. new music. Yeah, yeah, new music. Could you not just wash the shirt, or is it a fresh new shirt that you needed? Yeah. Every Saturday, you'd go and buy a new shirt from Harry Fenton. He did. I don't know. Right? Yeah, Harry Fenton, know. and and go and get the DA. If you buy a record, mm. buy a record. He had a record player. I was too. I didn't know none of that. I used to <laughs> listen to other stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. I was like the younger, trailing behind him. Anyway, um, during this fantastic time at the uh, dancing at the co-op, I met this girl, mm. Gwen Dixon. 
and uh, she showed a lot of affection for me, so I cottoned on to her. Yeah. And I started courting her. Okay. And uh, I was courting her for six weeks. <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> and this one night, I really felt trapped. Yeah. I really wanted to get out of it. So I used to see Eric and Peter and David... Walking up the town laughing and joking. I'm having a beer. I'm walking up the town with a girlfriend, you know, just well, talking just to her and that. And I've got this sudden feeling I want to be free. Yeah. Here's the wicked thing I've done. I said to Gordon Underwood, our next door neighbour, Jock Underwood, I said, Jock, will you take Gwyn home tonight? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't know. You, you don't sold know. her out. You do know because you're going to be involved in a minute. Yeah, I uh, sold a bird out. So, uh, uh, I said, will you take her home? Uh, and I didn't tell her. Mm. And I walked out, left her there. Yeah. Told Jock to take her home. So I went out, tried to find all this lot. And uh, I don't, don't know whether I found them or not, but I came home. Sunday morning, wake up. Eric says, Mum, guess what Ellen done last night? <laughs> she said, what? He said he left Gwen at the dance and left Gordon Aunt Gordon to take her home. I said, what? What did you do, Alan? Alan, what's this? I said, yeah, I felt, I felt trapped. <laughs> she said, what do you mean you felt trapped? I, I said, I just want you to be free. She said, well, you're not having any breakfast. You can get straight <laughs> down to Gwen's house and tell her. So I walked down, Whoa, no. walked, walked, down from, walked down from Bourne Road down, down to Valley, towards Valley Drive, our road east, mm. and uh, come to her house, walk right past it. <laughs> of course you did. Walk right, walk right past it Sunday morning. Yeah. About you told her your mum you talked to her? Yeah, mum, send me out, chuck me yeah, out. Yeah, but did hat. you go back and tell your mum you talked to her? Yeah. Liar. No, I'll tell you. Listen. <laughs> so, I walked back again, past it again. Oh! Oh, yeah, come back, past again. I thought, no, I've got to go in. So, <gasps> when I knocked on the door, and a dancer, a sister answered the door. She's about four years older than Gwen. She said, you! I said, I've just got to come to apologise to Gwen. She said, I don't think she'll talk to you. Oh. She's not going to. She said, she's up in her bedroom. She's been sobbing all oh, night. Oh, God's sake, you wicked sob. I know, so she's been sobbing all night. So I said, she, I'll go up and see her and ask her. So she came back. She said, she will see you. So I went up to her bedroom. And uh, she said, all the ways were red. And I said, I said, Gwen, I'm so sorry. I said, I don't come over me. I said, but I do. I said, I felt trapped. I felt I needed to be with the boys. Mm. So she said, and she told her the truth. But I, I told her the truth. Yeah, mm. I was sitting on the bed and I was cuddling her. <laughs> so I said, would you like to come back to tea with me and we can talk about it properly? Oh, you shouldn't have done that. It's oh, yeah. over. No, it's not. You I, I, could, I couldn't do that, Eric. So I went one back and got her and brought her back home to, <laughs> to Mum's. Sorry, I'm sorry, Ona. I'm a very naughty boy. It's, it's still but, like that now. It's tough. Listen. Oh, no. Phone? Is that your phone? Yes. Hello. Oh, Very well. Who's that? Eileen? No, wait a minute, Alan. Oh, okay, Anne, yeah. Alan, I'll give you a table. Yes, we are. Okay, Jane. Okay. 
Okay. I've got a house full here. I'm be. Yeah, we yeah we've been interviewed, Alan and I. Our life story. We've got a very important man here. Oh, can you put it in with all the intellectual gear doing yeah. an interview with Alan and Eric. Eric. I'll talk about it later. Okay. No problem. Bye bye. So, hold on. I need a coaster. Sorry, Jean. Have you got a coaster, Jean? Or are you going to put straw? Eric's the got the coasters down there. Come on. Don't forget we've got company tonight, yeah, right. Eric. Right. We're going to move on. Yeah, I'm going to remind Eric. Hey, I'll sweat up. I'll Right, so. back to the story. So so I went down and got Gwen in yeah. the evening and told her that, um, you know, brought her to tea. I said, I'm sorry, Gwen, but I'm, we'll have to see less of each other and um, I, I need a bit more freedom. She said, all right then. And gradually it we went from off. three times a week, two times a week. and uh, But to this special. very day, I feel... Absolutely guilty about it. Yeah, I've said to Maureen loads of times, I really feel guilty, and I do honestly, Eric. I really feel guilty, <sighs> so and, you I, and I would love to go and apologize to her. Do you think she's still alive? Possibly. I mean, I'm 88, she's yeah. probably she'll be in her 80s if she's alive, mm. Jordan. But yeah, to this very day, I've, I've got this guilt feeling. Bad about it. I do, I do, I do really oh. feel guilty about it. Poor little Gwen, yeah, poor little Gwen. Well, at least Gwen's so not my grandma, so no, it's right. Your savageness is ideal. So this is during your apprenticeship. That's yeah. um, that. Oh yeah, and also, I used to when I was meeting her, mm. I used to phone her up in the evening and say, "I'm sorry, Gwen, I'm, I'm still at work. I'm doing overtime." And I wasn't. I was <laughs> lying to her. Yeah, that's how it got. Yeah, it, that's how it got. So it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, is what it is. Too I went out. I went out with a girl called Kath Grant. But she was so timid and so nice. She was absolutely too nice. You used to so take nice. the pictures, and I used to come home, and there was two and three in my pocket. She used to put the two and three in my pocket. Listen, listen. Two and three is two shillings and threepence. Oh, okay. And that is okay. that is the good seats. We will never take a girl into the cheap seats. The one and nines. You'll never do that. You're no. going the one and nines. You're okay. going the two and threes. And then I went out with Gwen Busby, and I'd done exactly that. She was so. Just, I think she had a bit of a reputation, did she? <laughs> well, she got me. I'm only, I'm only sixteen, and I, I walked all the way from the dancers, and she tried me. She tried to have me. She tried to have me over on a dustbin. She tried to have me. Wouldn't you let her? No, no, I hadn't, I hadn't experienced anything like that. And I was asking you out what you do when they put the handbag on the wall and kissing and cuddling. I was asking you what you do. I mean, I was at that stage. <laughs> on the dustbin. Yeah. I was at that stage. What do you do? <laughs> but I, <laughs> she was quite good fun, Gwen. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but I remember walking her home and we, we took a, the, the alleyway where the ATC were instead of going oh, down the alleyway. road and all that, you yeah. know, kissing and cuddling. And yeah. It was quite fun. One Sunday, I'd arranged to meet her outside the Majestic for the cinema, mm. and I am so naughty. These, Peter, Alan was now free, Peter Davis, 
Johnny Watkins. <laughs> oh, Johnny right? Watkins, that's the other one. <laughs> um, I'm walking along to meet Gwen, and I meet the four blokes. Gwen? Now, Gwen Busby, yeah. Oh, another Gwen, isn't it? Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. She's... He's <laughs> not stealing your old miss. She had a, uh, her grey coat on. Yeah. Right? And we were on the other side walking, and I was walking with you three yeah. to go up to the Trumans and get a beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I looked across, she was standing there, I don't know if she saw me or not, but I just carried on with them and I never saw her again. <laughs> oh, Gwen, Gwen it's that dustbin. It, it, it's, it's after the dustbin, it, was, it wasn't going to work out after that. Uh, but I, I had a, a thing that happened to me. When, when I was at GYS, I was a category <coughs> to apprentice mm. during a five-year term. Now, we had, we had uh, four electricians, four apprentices, mm. and me just starting, Kim, 16, ready to go out. And I found myself, I didn't have an electrician to go out with. And they started, I was doing, they, I was, they, they taught me how to do the, all the cash repairs, bowl fires, washing machines, everything. I was doing cash repairs and going out and doing small jobs, mm. which you're not allowed to as a apprentice. You're not, you're supposed to be accompanied by an electrician. You can't go out and do any work. On your own. But they oh. sent me out doing small jobs. <laughs> and I, I was now seven, uh, 16 and a half, right, doing that. But okay then, so... One night at the co-op, our co-op dance, this young lady comes in with her sister and her sister's boyfriend, mm. Peter, and it was Jean. And she was different. <laughs> she was nice. She was dancing around <laughs> and smiling and she weren't creeping around like all the other birds. Well, wasn't going to dust oh, in you. Oh, she was dancing. Hey, she was dancing properly and all that. I'm looking at her and saying, oh my God, she's all right. And I said to one <laughs> Go on, they said, go on, go on. Go after him. Chess I said, no, no, no. I let it go. <clears throat> but she was here another night. And then I, I had another brown, extra brown owl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nine pence. And I went, I, went, I went up to her and I said, she knew I'd been eyeing her. She knew I'd been giving her the big eye. And um, <laughs> I, went up, I went up to her, can I have this dance? I was drunk. Oh, yeah. Of course you were. And I, Two she, said, she said, yes, yes. Oh, come on, Eric. Anyway, I'm dancing with her. I had a little chat, da, 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 but I'm a bit drunk and we're just dancing. Right? I'm a bit quiet, right? just dancing around. And I did actually say to her, can I take you home? She said, yes. Oh my God, are you sure about this? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I took her home and Johnny Watkins took his, well, went around Jean's house. Peter and Brenda, Johnny oh, Watkins oh. and his girlfriend. And we all we were all sort of smooching in the dark. Her mother and father were out boozing. Yeah. Right. They had a pub later on. They they went into, into the business. Mm. But um, I was absolutely dunning with her. <laughs> I just spent every minute of the day and night with her. I oh. Just could not keep away from her. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> okay. I lost contact. I mean, I lived, still lived at St. Dunstan's Drive, but there was no contact really with my mum. I was just out. Out. He <laughs> was love struck. Oh, did love I struck love indeed, yeah. Did I? Did oh. I and um, we've, been, we've been married 64 years. Oof. So it she, just was the special one. It was just that was the perfect. She was special. So special. Oh. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Uh, well, I was having my apprenticeship, mm. and obviously the spare. I went to do a job that I couldn't handle. It was taking down these great big DC fluorescent fittings. Yeah. And I went back and said, I can't do them to this Mr. Barnes. Everybody hated this 
manager, Mr. Barnes. Mm. He said, right. He said, well, I've got an electrician to go down there. He said, um, he said, and you're, we got one, we got one apprentice too many. He says, so I, there was another, Dave Scudder. He was six months older than me, mm. but he was out with us. He said, you or Dave's got to go. I said, you can't do that. I'm an apprentice. He said, well, he said, what do you mean? I can't do that. I said, you can't do that. I'm an apprentice. He said, you're going on holiday Friday, aren't you? I said, yeah. He said, take a full night's notice. Off. I went to Gene. I said, they've sat me. He sat me. Do the fortnight's holiday. And I'm sacked. Apprentice. I've been sacked from G.E. Wallace. Because of Mr. Barnes. Because I won't go out to do electrical work. So, I waited. Oh, no. Before I spoke to Gene, I waited for the electrician to come in. Mm. And I said to uh, Ron Ezra, he sacked me. He said, what? He said, I said, I working down there, I couldn't do that, I wanted electric in there, and they sat, he, he said, oh, you know, take a fortnight's notice. I'm going on, I'm going on holiday tomorrow Friday anyway. So he said, all right, he said, are you going away? I said, no, not in them days, you had days out with Gene. Mm. So he said, um, there's a Thursday, he said, there's a union meeting. He said, be there, seven o'clock on the overcliff, an ETU, Electrical Trades Union. And, and anyway, I was there, and they, when they say any other business, mm. you stand up and say, say exactly what's happened to you. <clears throat> so I said, any other business? I said, yes. I said, I'm a category two apprentice with G. Wallace and Son, and uh, da 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 da, going out doing work on my own, and when I refuse to do a job, they've given me a fortnight. I said, right, stay behind, I'm going to give you a letter. I said, give me a letter. I said, go. Now, I've got a letter to go and see Mr. Tilbury. Now, Mr. Tilbury is the head mm. of the... ETU <laughs> up in Highbury in London. Yeah. So I've got my gene, and we're going with this letter to Mr. Mr. Tilbury, mm. right? The head of the ETU. Yeah. I went up there uh, into this big marble hall, big walking through all these marble <laughs> like halls, a celebrity. and there was his office at the end. Yeah. Right. And uh, they said, uh, Eric Pedley, Mr. Tilbury will see you now, Mr. Tilbury. <laughs> anyway, I walked in there and he's sitting in a big plush office. He said, sit down, Gene was with me. He said, uh, yeah, I'll see, I'll see what's going on. He says, uh, you were actually uh, s just a year into your apprenticeship and you've not been going out on sites working. You were going and doing small jobs of that. And uh, and he, he sacked you because you refused to do it. I said, right. He said, okay. He said, have you got the phone number of your company? G. Wallace? Allen and Son? I said, yes. Graves in one double eight. That's yeah. how it was in them days. Only three. Three notes, three digits. Yeah, Graves yeah. in one double eight. He said, right, out. talk about luck. He goes, Mr. Barnes? Yeah. Uh, I've got, um, this is Tilbury, ETU. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've got uh, an, an apprentice that works for G.E. Wallace here, uh, Mr. Barnes, this lad has been out doing electrical work on his own, unaccompanied by an electrician, and because he refused to do it, you've sacked him. Is that right, Mr. Barnes? Oh, well, listen, Mr. Barnes, Eric Kennelly will be reporting for duty at eight o'clock? Eight o'clock Monday morning. Got it? and you're being reported to the union. Whack. 
fortnight later, Barnes got sacked and I'm back into an apprenticeship. <laughs> Result? Yeah. Him around. yeah, that's one way in, isn't it? So, when anybody runs the unions down and all that, yeah. I, I have to state my case that the union yeah. saved me. Yeah. Saved me. Oh, bless him. Horrible employer. Yeah, well, thank God there was some kind of justice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, when it comes to the end of the, for me, when it comes to the end of the apprenticeship, mm. Coming towards the end of the apprenticeship, um, these were this was massive. On the sixth of March, at the age of twenty, I married Jean. Okay, at twenty. At twenty. Oh yeah. On the twenty sixth of April, <clears throat> I was twenty one and finished my apprenticeship. Mm. On the sixth of May, that's twenty sixth of April. Yeah, I was in the army. <laughs> Whack, Mary! I went into. The Royal Engineers. Mm. Now I went, I went, I wanted to go in the Air Force, but um, you had to sign up three. It had to be three years. Mm. You couldn't do two years in the Air Force. You had to do three. And I thought, wow, I'm leaving my, I'm leaving my wife, my new uh-huh. wife. No, I want it as short as possible. I didn't. I, so no, I was going to go in the Air Force. So it was going to be out. Went in the Royal Engineers, and I could have gone. To my brother, because if you're, uh, you, if you've got two brothers in the in the oil engineers, he can demand I go out to, to him, uh-huh. right? But he was in Libya. I, I <laughs> didn't so want to go easy, to Libya. Yeah. I didn't want to go to Libya. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to stay in this country, mm. right? So it is. We're cutting some out because if we could go on for a month here. Yeah, no, that's fine. So I went in the army. I went to Malvern. Uh, in Worcestershire, yeah, and did a fortnight's. But Jean, we took the train with my mother and Jean up to Morven, and she broke down. Jean was ah, oh, she was, but she. You was she com- you was a company on the to train. Morven. She broke with down. Mum? Hmm? Yeah, mum, come up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had to go on my own. I mean, <laughs> and we all got back in the, in the back of a truck <laughs> and was taken to the camp. Yeah. That's where I met Colin Baxter, and this Colin Baxter was my mate in the army, mm. and we went in together. We got posted to two different places together, mm. and we got demobbed together. Colin Baxter, he was a bricklayer. But how um, come you joined the army? Was that like a pressure thing, or did you just go? Oh, I'm just going to join the army just for no, a job. No, no, it's conscription. conscription. They called it. You everybody had to go in the army. You had to do really? two years, unless you was unfit oh. for some reason. Oh. If oh, you yeah, didn't you know that, if you. If you weren't a tradesman, you went in at 18. Yeah. If you're a tradesman, you went in straight after you finished apprenticeship. I finished my apprenticeship on the 21st, on the 26th of April. Yeah. And I was in the army on the 6th of May. That's yeah. crazy. And it was a, a, a horrendous fortnight. Yeah, they right. turned this boy into a man. <laughs> Didn't they, Alan? That was that it fortnight. Was. It was hell. But, so it was a terrible fortnight. But something happened, and I've got it written here. When it came to the end of your fortnight, you're going to get posted. Mm. And uh, they were coming out, my mates and that said, oh, I'm going to Hong Kong. I'm going to Libya. I'm going to uh, I'm going to Yorkshire. I'm going to here. I'm going to there. I only wanted to go. I only had one plan. I, I had my driving licence when I was eight. I'm three years driving. Mm. And here I am. I want to be a driving instructor. That's all I want to be because I was told that if you're a driving instructor, you get home on a 36-hour pass <laughs> or a 48-hour pass every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to be a driving instructor. And I already got my licence. So I 
it came to see the PSO, hmm. Personal Selection Officer. Okay. So you go in there, you say, Sapper Kennelly? Yes, sir. Uh, right, he said, let's have a look now. What have you done? And you can do this. Oh, you were an electrician? Yes, 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 yes. But um, uh, you won't be an electrician in the army because you've got to be in the Remy. Yeah. And you've got to do three years. I said, no, 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 no. That. I mean, I'm happy to be in the engineers. So he said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a driving instructor. <laughs> oh, he said, that means you'd be going to all the shop and doing a four-week driving course. Yeah. Uh, and then you'll get posted. Okay. Right. Um, so he says, uh, oh, he says you're from Gray's Inn. I said, yeah, I'm from Gray's Inn. Yeah. Uh, he said, I've got a brother lives in Gray's Inn. Uh, Jim Smith. I said, he said he lives in Old Road East. I said, Old Road East? <laughs> oh, John Smith. He said, John, John. I said, uh, John Smith. He said, he hasn't got a wife, Rosie, has he? He said, yeah. <laughs> Rosie is his wife. My brother's wife is Rosie. Yeah. I said, but Jip, my wife and I, Jeannie, hmm. uh, used to sit, babysit for, uh, oh, no way. for, for John, John and Rosie. I said, yeah, they live in Old Road East. We used to go and babysit for them, so they... Could go out on a Saturday night. <laughs> oh, he said, what, uh, right over Sapper Kennelly, he said, uh, what is it you want to do? I said, I'd like to end up being a driving instructor. I've got a full license, I'm sure I'll do well. He said, okay, he said, boom, boom, you're posted to order shop. Right? <laughs> Result. So I did basic training and then I went, um, got, of course, I went straight through the driving. You go on a route one, you have to go around the track twice, mm. right? And boom, boom, through the gears and all that, through that, through that, through that. But, in order to be a driving instructor, you've got to get a 75% pass on your civvy test okay. in a, in a five-ton truck. Yeah. You go th around all the shop town. It's a very difficult town, all the shop. Yeah. And that, but you've oh, got to drive a five-ton truck around it, and you've got to do everything correctly. There's no such thing as... You have, you have to... I'm slowing down. Yeah. I'm turning right. <laughs> I am turning left. <laughs> mirror, mirror, mirror. Right gear. Did, right. You wouldn't like it. It's similar now. It's similar now to the way it is. Well, it is like, really, yeah. They're super So I now. really concentrated on this test. I really did well, and I got an 84% pass. Yeah. And straight through for a driving instructor's carder. Mm. And Colin done the same, my mate Colin. Oh, he he got through, and we went to Bolden together uh, on a carder, right? Oh, what a, what three, three weeks with SQMI instructors. The things we had to do to become a driving instructor. You had to, they down a great big pit, there'd be a, a, a truck on its side, and you, with your diamond T, mm. with the winch and everything, had to go and get it out of that pit on your own. <laughs> so you went down there with your diamond T, went alongside it, got all the cables out, Jack got it out, pulled it up right, right, and then got round and you tow it up. When you're towing it up, the big bank coming out, you had to stake your own vehicle, so you couldn't pull oh, it, yeah. you staked your own vehicle down, and then you'd done the winch, bring him up, Unstake, drive forward, bring him up. And then you went on a drive, you went on a drive, and you, you got to remember it all because you're going to do this in the dark. Mm. You went on a drive on a course <laughs> in the day, and then you had to do it without any lights or anything. You had to oh, do it. Oh, oh, right. The thing I was good at, and a lot of them couldn't do it, that's called a commentary drive. Yeah. Right? So you had to say, you'd sit in the wheel, say, right. You've got three, there's two sitting behind you, you can take it in turns with this oh. instructor. Mm -hmm. And you go something like this, right. Uh, I'm going to leave now. Uh, the weather is good, it's a bit cloudy, the roads are dry. Right, start engine, 
select first gear, check mirror, <laughs> signal, you, and you have to do it. In, and then you're going, uh, oh, there's a vehicle, there's a vehicle approaching, no danger to me. Mirror, vehicle passing me, no danger to me. Mirror, then you have to do all this, and you have to commentary drive everything course, you were doing. Some kids couldn't do it. They couldn't drive and say what they're and doing. And talk. <laughs> so, anyway, I flew through a driving instructor's course and be, became a driving instructor. Right, loved it. But I'm going to. Did tell you, you get your story. weekends off? I'm going to tell you the story, and it's there's a, a prop that you've you've heard of it. It's a prop with it, and this is the prop. Okay. When I was in the army, we did a fortnight's course. Mm. Uh, going to Netley, Gosport, that's Hampshire. Okay. Right? Hampshire. This story is, that's what Peter, Peter said, you must tell him about your involvement at Netley Hospital. Right? Okay. Now, Alan knows what a grano floor is. Do you know what a grano floor is? No, it's I concrete don't. with iron filings in it. Okay. okay. A granite floor. If you've got, okay. if you've got, Boots with studs and blakies. You can make you're walking iron, iron on an iron uh, grano floor, concrete and iron. Makes power. And you slide. <laughs> we had grano floors at Golden School, and they had signs up, no sliding, <laughs> yeah. didn't they? Because kids had, kids used to slide down yeah, the corridor. Yeah, yeah make sparks. No yeah. sliding. And the reason I said no sliding is for a reason, right? Right now, it's my turn to do a guard, right, at Netley Hospital. It's a disused ho hospital, completely. Mm. We took. A hundred trucks, right? Yeah. And they're all parked outside the hospital, down this, down towards the, the, toward the river, the river gospel. Anyway, the Solent, the Solent. Anyway, Kennelly, your guard duty Wednesday, six in the evening till six in the morning, you're on guard, okay? Now, you have to dress up in your best BD, your best boots, smart, Pickaxe handle, <laughs> just the handle. Yeah, just this. Hint, yeah. I, we keep this upstairs, and somebody comes in the house, they're going to get a whacking, right? <laughs> Fair enough. This, that's why I brought you down, right? <gasps> okay. Because this played a big part in what's going to happen next. Okay. And why was you having to guard this place? Right. You got all the soldiers are in there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm um, six. At the evening till six in the morning, right? And um, if you look at it, they're they're all billeted out up there, up there somewhere. But there's um, there's a corridor up there, mm. and it turns and it comes down here again. And there's a, a a door here where you go in. And I'm told you will go up that corridor and you will stop. You'll turn around and you'll go down. You will not go around and see the other guard that's doing the other corridor. <laughs> you will stick to that corridor on your own. Okay. And you're all done up, and you've got your pickaxe handle. <laughs> now the, they told you in the army that if you're on picket duty, fire picket or guard, and somebody comes and say, "Halt!" It goes there. Something you have to say about. Um, you've got to say who they are and if, if oh friend or yeah just like you friend or foe and if they say foe you've got to whack them right <laughs> they're not going to say foe are they yeah well, that's what you, fire picket or guard anyway I start the guard I'm 21 years of age I'm fit I've got this pickaxe handle there's nobody I'm going to do the corridor 
Now, about every 20 yards, there was a 60-watt bulkhead fitting, okay. right? So it got light, and then it got dark, and then it got light. Look at the hairs up on my arm, look. Look at, the, look at the hairs up on my arm. Goosebumps. I was 21, and I'm 86 now. <laughs> and I go up to the top, and I come down. But there's two great big iron doors here with a big padlock on it. It says morgue above it, right? Mm. Morgue. So what? It's a hospital, a disused hospital, mm. Netley Hospital. It is now raised to the ground. Right, I'm going up there. Quite happy. Walking on the ground floor. And the guard, the other guard appears up the other end, right up the other end. I can see him come under a light. And um, I said, no. Carry on walking, carry on walking, <laughs> carry on walking, right. Hang on a minute, comes under another light, and no, 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 that skirts all the way down. She's got a light grey top, a dark grey shawl thing, then a light grey all the way down to the floor, and she's walking down, walking down, she's walking down. And I'm carrying on walking up. It's a woman. It's a woman, right. So I carry on walking up. Just keeps coming, so I mean, hello, do the glory, and she keeps coming. Right, I'll give it another big hello, nothing, just keeps coming. She's coming, so I get this pick up, coming up the design. <laughs> on this iron door and she keeps coming right now she's just come under a bulk head and I can see it's a woman you can see the hollow of her eyes mm. and you can see the different greys she had on and she keeps coming right so I am now no longer walking forward I'm standing still watching her come down right I've got my pickaxe handle and she's still coming she comes under another light now she gets about 30 yards from me, right? And now she's there. She's a young, white-faced lady. Can't see her legs moving because the skirt's all the way down to the floor and she's coming towards me, right? And I'm sorry to say, I turned round and I started to give it the big one. I am running away. I am running. <laughs> and at the bottom of this granite, and because there's a wall, the door goes out that way, I've got to go in a slide 20, 15 yards before I hit the wall. <laughs> and I am sliding, and I am using this to guide myself to stop myself falling over. I crash, in, crash into the wall. I crash into the wall. Pick myself up. Look, of course you look. And she's still coming. I know. I've got away, I've got away from her, but she's still just coming down, okay? So I ran out the side door, and I ran about 20 trucks down, got in the truck, shut the door, and lit up a woodbine, lit up a woodbine, and sat there smoking. This is probably about <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, right? And I saw the rest of my guard out in that cab, okay? And when I, 
I went, yeah, I went in and said, does she do all right? Supper, everything? Oh, no. I was running straight. All right, corporal? I said, yeah, everything's fine. And carried on normal. And I couldn't get it out of my mind. But, 10 years later, I'm around my friends, Ken and Joyce, who lived at Norfleet, just Preston Road, just off Waterdales. I know, yeah. And Ken <clears> picks <throat> up a newspaper and he says, look at this, look at this. He said, just up Waterdales here, it's a poltergeist. He said, look, and the family have fled and gone up to their, f look what's happened. That they heard all the whirling noises in the in, in in the in the pipes in the house, doors are hanging and banging, the wardrobes were shaking, right? They had two kids, right, they were laying in their bed when all this was going on. This is in the front page of the reporter, right? Yeah. They're laying in their beds and um he said they're laying in their beds and they see the door handle go. And a 10-year-old girl comes in. She's all pink and glowing. She comes in. And she goes to the bottom of the bed. She goes... She, she grows 20 times her size and goes... Ah! Over them. She did that three times. Grew, grew herself 20 times. Ah! And then she went out the room. They ran in the other room, grabbed the two kids, and they ran all the way up to their friend's house and stayed there. Oof. And that is the story. Right. And I'm saying to Ken... Yeah, I'm saying to Ken Driver... Do you know what? I'll tell you what happened to me. I said, 10 years ago, when I was in the army, uh, I was at Netley. He said, Netley Hospital? I said, yeah. I was at Netley Hospital. He said, and um, I told him what happened. And uh, he said, you saw the grey lady of Netley. I said, what? He said, I had a hernia. When I was in the army, he was three years older than me. When I was in the army, he said, I had a hernia operation there. Yeah. He said, and they all said, look out for the grey lady of Netley. She patrols the corridors there. She threw herself off the top of the building down into a quadrangle. And the corridors go two sides of the quadrangle. Yeah. He said, and, she, and she's walking the floors. Oh. They said, he said, when I was there, look out for the Grey Lady of Netley. Well, I met the Grey Lady of Netley. You and she chased you out. <laughs> yeah, she chased him out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, you did. Oh. Yeah, I did. I, I, would have, I would have done what happened if you'd stayed there. Yeah, could you imagine? Don't, don't, you know, you can't believe in you just an animal on this planet. It's Definitely not, it's not right, it's yeah. not right. Yeah, it's, it's unlikely, it's very unlikely. It's and very before unlikely. we carry on that story, there's another one that you have to know about. He knows about it, and it's this number 13. Mm. Right. Now, number 13 is so good to me. Really The good number or the house? The number. The number. I've always thought my mother, was bad luck. Yeah, my mother was born on the 13th of February, 1913. Yeah. She was the 13th child of 16. 16. Right? Three 13s. 13. When we were living at um, Gordon Place, it was 3A. Mm. 3 and the first letter of the alphabet. Mm. 3A. Which would be a 1, 13. 13 Bourne Road. It was 33 Pelham Road, but the threes are all there. Yeah, yeah. And we there's all these plots up here. When we bought this place, this is number 58, and that yeah. is up to 13. Yeah. Right. So 13 has been with me. It's always been good. But I'm going to tell you this story because this is so, so true. It is so true, and it is so real, and it is so scary. It was unbelievable. I was putting, when I was working for G. Wallace, I was putting a a dairy in at Haywood's Heath and I used to go two days on the motorbike with Mark on the back 
Mark was 16, and he had a little 60 that he used to do wheelies around the football pitch when I was football manager for the kids, right? Yeah. He used to do wheelies. And I'm, I'm driving on this straight road on my, in my Suzuki, and in front of me was all dripping letters. And it said, you are going to have an accident at 13,000 miles all dripping down like a cloud, but the letters were there as clear as... I don't remember that. I tried to turn and... I said, I'll leave it, I'll leave it. And I, I carried on driving and I drove to the dairy, right? And as soon as, as, soon as I pulled up, I said, Mark, I've had a... Uh, what do you call it? An apparition? I, apparition. I said, apparition? Yeah, hmm? apparition. I said that we're going to have an accident on... Oh, by the way, when I looked, it was 11,000 something. Yeah. I said, you can have an accident on this motorbike at 13,000 miles. Remember it. I said, we will get off the bike and we'll walk alongside it. I said, and look out for falling aeroplane parts because you, <laughs> something's going to happen. He said, all right, Dad, all right, Dad. This Friday, we're going home. Got a lovely weekend coming. Just get on the bike. I was taking three days in the car and two days on the bike. Friday, it was on the bike. He always... Goes to the cycle shed, jumps on it, starts it up, comes, to, gets in the back, and we go home. Yeah. <coughs> no, no, not my. He pulls up. <laughs> he looks at me. He said, Dad, yeah? Have you ever done a wheelie on this bike? <laughs> I said, It's a road. It's not like your little six. He's gone. That's right. There's a slope up, and then you turn a bit left to onto the road where you're going home. But on the right hand side, there was these tennis courts. Mm. There was grass, and then there was. Uh, an angle iron with the uh, diamond PVC covered wire, green, yeah. then another angle iron. Anyway, he's fighting the bike and he's completely lost control and drove it into the wire of the tennis court and he's under it. He's under it. Oof. I'm going, you bloody. I'm and he's calling out, I'm alright, Dad, Dad, I'm alright, I'm alright. But he's under the bike. Yeah. So I pulled the bike off him and I said, yeah, I suck. Come on, get on the back. We'll talk about this later. What? Come over you. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry, Dad. I'm all right, Dad. I'm sorry. All I had to do was pull that wing mirror back. That's all I had to do. Everything was all right. Key was in there. There's no engine. He cut the engine, cut out. So. White on black. One, three, zero, zero, zero. <laughs> The tents were black on orange. And the tents read naught with a line through the middle of the naught. Yeah. Not one millimetre above and not one millimetre below the centre. 13,000 miles and not a foot. The accident happened. That's crazy. I said, Mark, get off the bike. <laughs> get off the bike. I'm throwing it Come here. <laughs> Come here. Read the clock. Oh, Dad, you said there's going to be a... And Mark's here today. He read it. He did it all. I said to him later, Mark, when you got on that bike, and he said to me, have you done already? Was it you, or was it something that come... Maybe I don't know. That's, that's the end of the story. That's crazy. Mm. Don't, you don't give me that we're just animals on this planet. No, oh no, no. Yeah, I know there's something. Enough. I know yeah. there's something. No.
That but is why? True. Like, you think why in that occasion? Like, oh, but it's not like he was going to get hurt badly by a no, off no, the bike. It, so but why? It, but it could have been. He didn't get hurt because it was thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, it could have yeah. been. He could have been on the road and something. But if that was supposed to happen, like that was, he was supposed to fall off in that that time. Yeah, why? Yeah. Like, why such a? I don't know. Like, maybe just, just to make you believe. Do you know what I mean? Or, it was about ten foot long. Yeah. All dripping words. Clear as a bell. Nothing wrong with me, not tired. It was early in the morning driving to work. That's so And mad. it was there. And I had to tell him when we arrived. <coughs> and that's what happened. Mm. Unbelievable, Alan. I know. Crazy. I know. It's incredible. Anyway, time you said something, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> take a breather. You want to take a breather? No, no, no. I meant you if you wanted to take a breather. I've got here... Uh, I was a shop boy, electrical work. I had a wonderful time in my apprenticeship. Sacked by Barnes, two went to Tilbury, reinstalled. Uh, yeah, you've done all that. Reinstated, yeah. Worked as electrician. Oh, yeah, when I came out of the army. I straight back to my company. I was aerial rigging and doing all kinds of things. Uh, you know, we know, it goes on here about the co-op dances. And when I met Jean, Ditch Gwen Busby, ditch <laughs> Kath, <laughs> Kath Grant. And that's number four of nine. Okay, brilliant. Right, four I'm gonna run. Nine. I'm gonna run for a wee quick. Okay, <laughs> you know where it is. Nine, nine, four <laughs> of nine. All right, come back once. So, during, I'm talking that when when all that bike accident happened. I was a electrician with Wallace. He said, Mark, I couldn't know exactly what's going on here. Mark was 16, so I know the very year. Because Mark was born in 1962. Mm -hmm. <sighs> 1962. 16 on. 72, 78. That's 1978. That happened. Same year as Amanda. Mm. Seven, that happened in 1978. Yeah, September 62, Amanda, in, and straight into the winter of 63. Oh. oh, Christ almighty. Before Netley, I had Jankers. When I did Jankers. <laughs> did you do Jankers? No, not once. Best man a couple of times on guard duty. Oh. That's manky job. All right, got, we're back. Well, I've got another one <coughs> before Alan. I'll give Alan a go. <laughs> when I was in the army, yeah, as well, we were in the army, yeah. Um, <coughs> I was at Gibraltar Barracks in Aldershot, and mm. the square was public because it had a, a main road going past the square, okay. and the square was sacred. And there's a man called... SQMI Cave. He was such. He was on the. He was so smart. He was on the television, mm. right? And he had a cane that he would go like a tripod like that. And he go. He would be measuring the steps you were making when you were doing the troop marching. Yeah. 
we still use them now. They're called you would know that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were three by nine yeah. on the square, right? Now, because I was going home on the 36-hour pass, I used to come in early in the morning and all your denims would be on the table and you get your denim jacket and your denim trousers. Mm. Well, when I got there, when I got in everybody from Gravesend, I used to, I used to go uh, to all the shop and back home in my father-in-law's SS Jaguar, okay. 1948 SS Oof. Jaguar. <laughs> anyway, all these driving instructors had special cast, mm. all of them. I had a million, one of the driving instructors was a millionaire from Scotland. Mm. His name was Peter Dent and he was a stock car racer. And he, un, he went then under the name of Pepsi Dent. Pepsi Dent. <laughs> uh, and he was advertised as Pepsi Dent. I know. And um, he, he, bought, he, he bought his um, massive stock car down from Scotland. Mm. He, drove, <laughs> he towed it in his 1936 Bentley. And he, we went on a track at Alders. They had a, they had a, oh yeah. And I was, they dressed me up in a white suit, and I was one of the, one of the mechanics. Six of us all dressed in white suits. All oh, right. He was a millionaire, he had really. He didn't win. His, his vehicle was too big for the other ones. Yeah. But the noise. Anyway. Um. We're going back to that square. And. I said right tomorrow you lot are on the square. We're going to smarten you driving instructors up <laughs> on the square. Uh, with your rifle, of course, 303. Anyway, I've come down and uh, in the morning to get my denims, and I noticed that the denim trousers, you could get somebody else in alongside them, right? No wonder <laughs> they left them there. But you're supposed to wear braces. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I used to always put the land of the, the, the landline land under the buttons, and yeah. it held your denims up lovely. <laughs> <laughs> held them up lovely, it did. No trouble at all, but I'm like, so I had to fold that that way, fold that that way, and and get the landline and get get the tighten up my jacket, and I thought I was all right, right, and out we go marching on the square. Corporal Mayo says, "Come on then, smarten up, right, right," and we're going. The squad will march in threes. Left, right, I dig them in. I want to hear all the blakies going in. I didn't hear any clicking. He wanted to hear one click, right? We're giving it the big one. Click, 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 click. Swing them arms, get them arms swinging. Got a rifle here, armed, right? Get going, get. And then I could feel a loosening, a loosening <laughs> here, right? And I thought, and um, I was going. <laughs> and then Mayo said, Smile up, the caveman's on the square. The caveman was coming towards us with his cane. He was going to check, check the pace that we were going, Alan. Okay. Oh. Anyway. I could hear this click, 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 and now this is, this has come adrift, and it? It's come adrift. It's come adrift, <laughs> I, I can hear my mates sniggering. <laughs> and I'm there with my rifle. I'm going like that. And this was the command. Corporal Mayo, halt that squad! He says, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> and now my trousers are down, aren't they? I've got my rifle here, my trousers are down, right? There's only one other command, right? Corporal Mayo, get that man off my square. And they double, double marched me back to the barrack room, right? <laughs> and I chucked myself on the bed, right? Didn't see the squad that to carry on doing all their drill, like one shot. <laughs> And they all come in, they all come in laughing. Yeah, it would, yeah, oh yeah, it was funny, wasn't it? Especially when another little sergeant came in who was one of our uh, 
sergeants from the room next door. Yeah. A little, horrible little man. He says, sack up Kennedy. He says, I'm putting you on jankers. He says, what you did on that square was an absolute disgrace. One week in FSMO. This is in July. Okay. And I had to report to the guard room at six o'clock in the morning, six o'clock at night, in full field marching order. That's including great coat. <laughs> great. And they used to dress in they used to get up, my mates dress me up, check me out, because you're gonna be inspected by the guard, aren't you? Mm. You just go down to the guard, all the guard are there ready to do their duties, but you just go there, stand there. <laughs> Off you go. Right? Back to the back room. But I did two mornings and two evenings, and then um, I think Mayo went and complained. You know, they, it was a bit harsh, right? And they they took, put me off it. That's my story of doing Jenkins in the army. Ooh, how funny was that? That was so funny. <laughs> it was not exactly your fault that your trousers didn't fit you. No, I should no. have had braces; they wouldn't have come down. Yeah, that's true. No, that's what they say. Yeah, you that is true. Wear braces. Yeah. My braces were in the locker. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Alan, you've got army stories. All right, okay. Right, where should I start? Um, right, it, one day I was, well, I was in, I'd been in the army about three months mm. and I was posted to Egypt oh. to start with. Nice. And that was in a trans, transit camp <clears throat> living under, in tents. It was an absolute hell place on the Suez Canal. And... Uh, you could, when you go in the tent to get a meals, you could do that and grab a handful of flies. Oh. If that is that many. It was a terrible place anyway. Uh, orders came up and we had to go on the Empire Ken, which is a troop ship, mm. which took us to Tripoli. Okay. Like going to paradise. Yeah. As we pulled into Tripoli, there's all these beautiful palm trees yeah. right down the coastline and the King's Palace. Mm. Beautiful big white building. And uh, we got there, and uh, I'd been serving some time quite well, and it came up on orders for Sapper Kenley to be report to the RASC, Royal Army Service Corps. Mm. Well, every morning in my previous billet, we used to have to make a bed up every morning, a bed pack. It used to be a blanket yeah, folded with three black lines mm, down the centre. The folded coals. A sheet, yeah, full sheet folded, folded the, the next blanket, pillow on the top, everything. Mm. Absolutely amazing. It was blanket, then a white sheet, then a blanket, blanket. then a white, and it looked ever so neat, didn't it? It had to be spot on. I then, think we they, still, were, they were the really thick wool sheets, like the blanket, sorry, were the like the really scratchy, yeah. thick wool of They were really, yeah, but you got your sheet anyway. Yeah. So anyway, um, that was, you had to do it every morning, your bed pack had to be made absolute perfection. Mm inspection in your bed we had to polish the floor your own bed area and we had bloke, one chap in there carry on he'd been in the korean war mm. so he was an old soldier yeah and uh he refused to polish his bit of floor about the size of that rug mm. with your bed in the middle of it yeah. with red polish and yeah. all we all polished our floors we had these big buffers <laughs> go up and down the room but his so Just his one little square. His square, his bed and his bedside cabinet is filthy. So mm. anyway, they came in and inspected it and they put us all on jankers, all a lot of us, for letting him do it. Is that like cleaning so jobs the whole bit, and everything? Yeah, the whole bit had to go out and we was ordered 
to cut this grass. Mm. There's flat, flat, then it went over shelters, a big hump, mm. then across. So we had to go to this place to get our tools to cut the grass okay. with. So he opened this big shed door and he gave us all a jackknife each. Little tiny knife? Yeah, a jackknife. So uh, we said, what are we going to do then first? He said, you're going to cut the grass. <laughs> and we all had to get on our hands and knees and cut this grass. It must have been about, oh, I don't know, 100 yards by 100 yards <laughs> on our hands and knees cutting grass. Just discipline. Yeah. It's nothing bad. They got mowers in there as well, but yeah. no, you weren't allowed to. So anyway, we were there cutting all this grass. And at the, at the end of that, we uh, was all, all back to our billets. Anyway, orders came up for me to report to the RASC. Mm. So I thought, oh, bloody, what's that? So the next morning, I had to go and get my gear together and go and report to the RASC. Mm. So I was taking in a a QL lorry mm. taken up to our RSC and uh, when we got there they said there's your billet went in this billet honestly absolutely filthy right we we were sharing our billet with the cooks okay. well cooks had to be up at three in the morning to do all the cooking mm. you know ready for everybody Get for eight o'clock in the morning yeah, and uh as we, uh, as I came in, he said, there's your bed over there. Oh, God. All the beds were just, like Billy gets out of bed. <laughs> right. Just how Billy gets out of bed. Just, <laughs> all the sheets all over the floor. Over, just, just, and then off they went to work. Mm. I got up in the morning to go and report to duty to see what I had to do. I was become a bus conductor. Uh, on the Tripoli Army Bus Service. Yeah. I thought, oh, this is all right. So uh, we gave me um, a, a clip of old London transport bus tickets. Mm. They must have bought them all off London transport. And uh, anyway, I used to go out every day. And uh, a lot of the time, we had to pick all the officers' wives up in the daytime for them mm. to go shopping. Right. What they used to do, they used to dish a ticket out and they used to give me the money. And once they got off the bus, they used to go and pick all their tickets up <laughs> off the floor, take them back to my billet, put them on my table and iron them mm -hmm. to make them look new again. And I put them all back in my me, in me clippy tick and uh, the next day I used to sell them and all that money was mine. <laughs> Little side hustle. Right? So this went on for quite a few months. Oh, yeah, I was in, I was doing I was doing it for seven months as a bus conductor. That's where I met Khalif, the Egyptian driver, and Mario, Mario, uh, the Italian driver. And that's mm. where they taught me to count up to ten. Actually. Yeah, they tried to treat start team, but we didn't see enough to learn anything. Mm. Anyway, um, I pressed all these, I pressed all these tickets, make them look new. And sold them again the next day. Mm. Well, one night I was on the late late duty and it take, took all the lads to the pictures until I passed ten at night. And they all been in the pub and drunk, and I'd my coat it was a coach single decker coach, and I let them all on board. I said, "Buxy ride tonight, lads. Won't charge you anything." Yeah. Hey, good old owl. So off we went on the journey, and all of a sudden behind us, <laughs> headlights flashing. 
<laughs> Little Morris Minor chasing, chasing down, trying to catch the coacher. I said to him, Igri, Igri, Igri. He's putting his foot down, giving it one. Anyway, in the end, the, the uh, car caught up. By the time the car called up, I dished all these tickets out. Mm. All to the head, couldn't charge him any money, didn't have time to take any money off him. So this officer came in and said, Why, why didn't you stop? Why didn't you stop? He said, me no see, me no see. He said, yeah, <laughs> yes, you did, anyway. He came to the coach and he said, right, show me your tickets. And they all showing their tickets, okay, okay. But thank God, when we got back to the bit, to a base, they all give me these tickets back <laughs> to get back. Otherwise, I'd have been a fortune in debt. And what would have happened if they found that you didn't have all the tickets or they, not everyone had the tickets? I don't know, really. I'd have certainly been sacked off the job. Mm. Anyway, a little bit later on that, we, I, I was posted back to my own billet. Mm. But I heard that the two lads that took over, to, over from me and my mate, they bought a 250cc motorbike with, the, with, the, with their takings. Oh, say. <laughs> so they must have been, done a lot more fiddly than I did. But I really did love the posting to yeah. Tripoli because we used to have one day on and three days off on some weeks, sometimes it's the other way around. And what we used to, I used to do, I used to go out into on the Mediterranean, they had a big giant raft out there covered in that rope, uh, uh, like a matting. Oh yeah. I used to lay out there all day, laying on this, uh, watching the fish all by, and uh, I had a pal called Tom Carlaw. Mm. Oh, Tommy. Mate of mine. Turns out yeah. to be a yeah. mate of Eric, so he didn't know this until oh, a while back. Yeah. Well. So this Tom Carlo, we was in the billet one day, he said, anybody here uh, work on the water? Everyone. Likes water. Right. Likes uh, water. Hey, that, you said, he li- anybody here likes water? Yes, you said, yeah, likes water. So he said, uh, I, th- I said, hello, and somebody's going to get a job cleaning the toilets. Mm. You know, which he did. He was always, so Tom said, yeah. So right, get your kids to get, get 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 your kids together. He said, "But this, hang on, you didn't say this." Tommy Carlyle, didn't matter what he did, he fell in a bed of roses. Anyway, right, okay. So Tom he said, gets his gear together, and off he goes. We didn't see him anymore. Didn't mm. know where he'd gone to. One day I'm on my coach trip, and I pulled up, and I was near the about two stops back from the King's Palace on this beautiful road with all the palm trees, and. Uh, I saw Tom. I thought, I'm sure that's Tom Carla. Little tiny pair of shorts and a T-shirt. Mm. He got this job living in a cave in the seawall. He had a beautiful room with a pair of doors on it. Yeah. Bed in there, locker, you name it, he got it. And he, he was in charge of a big yacht, an officer's yacht. And anywhere, they, every time they went out, he went out to sea with them. No way. An army. Should have put your hand up. <laughs> army, sorry. So, I, when I used to, every go, used to go by, but he didn't remember it. When it was to Eric and I were talking, to, he was talking to Tommy. He said, I don't remember Alan. But no, no just, what happened was, Alan was telling me army stories. He said, and Alan said, oh, this guy, no matter what he did, he fell in. And he told me about... And a bit the, of roses. The, mm. Anybody want a water job said, knows about water. I said, name And t- then Alan said, oh, he's... What was his name? He said, let me think, Tommy... Tom, oh, yeah. Tom Carlo. I said, what? He said, Tommy... Tom Carlo. I said, 
did he speak with a London accent? Alan, he said, yeah. yeah. And I said, was he about, only about five foot six? He was quite he a said, stocky guy. Quite yeah. Stocky, yeah. Is he stocky and uh, quite shortish? He said, yeah. I said, that's my mate, Tommy. Um, <laughs> Tommy Carlyle lives out at Oyster Drys. So I said, I can't believe that. It must be Tommy. So I thought, oh, I'll fix this up, right? Yeah. So I said, Alan, I'll get a contact with you, right? So I phoned Tom up, right? I said, Hello, are you Tommy Carlock? He said, yeah, what of it? <laughs> I said, was you in the Royal Engineers? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, 22 did you food. get a job with an officer working on his yacht? He said, yeah, what <laughs> of it? <laughs> I said, Tom, this is Eric. Is Eric, Eric, Eric Kennelly. How do you know all this? I said, no. I said, Alan was in the army, my brother. But he didn't. I said, didn't remember. this is Alan's number. Have a chat with him. And they got together on the phone. Yeah. And it, lots of things I tried to remember, jog his memory, but he couldn't remember. He just couldn't a remember job like that and a job like mine, and I used to stop and have a cup of tea with him. Yeah. And he didn't remember. No, no. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Oh, well, you should have done the job. You would have had some more stories to tell. Oh, yeah, indeed. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was a good seven months. That's Quite enjoyed well. that, but I didn't like the lifestyle. Mm. I preferred the discipline. Mm. I didn't oh, like... Oh, now, wait a minute. I love the army. Yeah? Yeah. I, I love the discipline. I love the army. They, there was nothing wrong with the army. Rules and regulations were smack on. Mm. Everything... I, I liked all the, the bull and that. I, I really yeah. did. I really liked it. I like neat and tidy. I always have done. Well, if always the, en the engineers done. were that for that. Yeah. Without Royal doing. engineers, mm. yeah. Mm. I love the army. I did. I had lovely two years in the I army. I was glad to get back anyway to the engineers. Right? Mm. When we went out on the, on the desert uh, scheme, yeah. it was a pretend, pretend war. And... Uh, we went out there once. We was all put in these lorries mm. with the backs covered all in so we couldn't see where we were going. And we was in the lorry for, I suppose, about two or three hours mm. out into the desert. But night time, yeah, I mean, in the day, you can see it's roughly 130, 140 degrees. Mm. Oh. Um, yeah, that's Fahrenheit. Yeah. Um, but night time, we had to dig a hole in the sand, pour some petrol in or kerosene as they called it there mm. and you light it and it had a burning fire for quite a while mm. to keep warm yeah it was that in, cold the, in the desert you get freezing it was that it? cold at night yeah 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 it gets absolutely frozen during the night yeah. in deserts yeah normally get extremes during the day and then absolute freezing during the night don't yeah. they and my mates on my 21st birthday mm. they bought a bottle of johnny walker whiskey and I didn't drink a lot of whiskey, but you know, I'd have beers now and again, but not whiskey. And yeah. uh, I used to take mi mimic Johnny Ray, mm. a, a singer. Maybe you haven't heard of him. No. And, no? And he put neighbour in. So I, I used to sing Johnny Ray's. I can't remember what this song I sang. So they, they got this table, oh, oh. got this table, another table on the top of the table, and a chair. Mm. And I was on top of the chair, on top <laughs> of two tables. Giving it one and drinking this yeah. army mug of whiskey, three quarters full. I'm drinking it away, drink, I die. Just straight whiskey? 
It's terrible, oh. yeah. And nothing else they can put him in it. And I remember really getting lost. And I crashed down off this chair and I never felt a thing. It's great. Not when you're drunk because no, you live loose. Didn't, didn't feel yeah. a thing. Yeah. Bang on this convict on the board. A red toed floor. And bang down it. I'm so drunk. Johnny Walker whisked me, we'll never ever see each other again, believe yeah. me. Yeah. On your 21st. On my 21st birthday. Man. And uh, I also bought a watch, a rotary watch. Mm. And the chap said to me, this watch, he said, very cheap here in England, very expensive. Mm. I can't remember how much it was. I think it was only about 10 or 12 pounds. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was an expensive rotary watch. And it's one of those that's self-winding. Yeah, you yeah. move it back as the weight goes around and it winds itself up. Yeah. yeah. I had that yeah. for years. Oh, yeah. Have you still got it? I haven't got it anymore. Oh. No, I, haven't, I don't even know where it finished up. Yeah. That would have been, been nice. It's a little yeah. like memento as you get older. I, um, working for an electrical contractor, mm. they don't normally, but G. Wallace, uh, after you've done 25 years, you, you went and met the big boss down at Mason and anybody, all, they got together all the people that had done 25 years. Yeah. And um, you had a choice of a gold, uh, a Garrard gold watch. Mm. That was the uh, jeweler to Her Majesty the Queen, mm -hmm. Garrard. You could have a camera, a rotary clock, a uh, Binoculars, oh, carriage clock, yeah. the carriage clock, binoculars, and uh, a couple of other things. You had your choice. Yeah. I obviously went for the gold watch. Yeah. Um, because the, the gold watch it worked out was um, worth seven hundred pounds. Oh, the geez. carriage clocks are now in the bin. If you know what I mean, they've all binned them and the binoculars and everything else. Yeah. How stupid was they? Were getting Jim Theobald got a carriage clock. <laughs> yeah. It went in the bin after five years. I've got a watch worth 800 quid. We've got... I'm getting the I'm getting the side to say... Eric, Oi. this is ridiculous. We've got people coming at half past six and you've got an hour. I've got to cook dinner. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, no stress, no stress. No stress. No problem. So, come on. Okay. Well... Are you okay with that? Yeah, of course we are, absolutely, yeah. Did you get a lot? So at this point, Eric decided as soon as Gene was going to leave the room, he was going to talk and start telling another story. So here's a couple more minutes from another last story that he was talking about before Gene come in and took his head off. There were a lot of youngsters on Wallace's and they were a nuisance. I was an established foreman electrician, right? Yeah. And a lot of youngsters were a nuisance on the jobs and that, <laughs> I right? I really hated it. And then the big words come up, GE Wallace builders are going to shut down their plumbing and electrical divisions. Uh, plumbers and electricians are going to be maybe done. What? What? Anyway, I went straight up to the office and said, well, I, I'm, I'm ready for you. No, you can't go, right? No, no, you're, you're too valuable. No, you, 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 you and him, as four of us, have got to stay and wrap up the contracts that are going. You, yeah. We're getting rid of the apprentices and then the young electricians <laughs> going up into Europe. I was 46. Mm. Right, in the prime of my life, if you like. Anyway, I um at that time, um I was uh forming, I was running Kimberly Clark's work. Now Kimberly Clark's is the American paper making company, and uh, they had a big mill at Larkfield, right? 
and I was doing the work there and my boss Brian used to come in used to come in all right up the office yeah up and we talked to an engineer and he's got his notepad and he's right yeah, yeah do that do that yeah I'll get you another electrician out here but oh and then another engineer today he's going around getting all this all this work and I'm dreaming dreaming oh that, I wish that could be me oh my god I'm really dreaming about that <laughs> anyway anyway when it comes to be made redundant um I got Mark was already a year and eight, 18 months in his apprenticeship with another company because I got him an electrical job. Craig was 16. Craig comes to me. Uh, Kennelly Electrical is Eric Kennelly and my 16-year-old son. Yeah. And I started to do, because I, I did everything. Uh, domestic, industrial, commercial, data. I did it all. I knew it all, right? So, anyway, a lot as the elections were being maybe done and they were saying to me, the men that lived in Mason, they said, We'll do the work this side of the river, Medray. You stay on the other side of the river, Kennelly. <laughs> but we all work for each other if we get too much work. Yeah. Keep in contact. Anyway, I um I did a lot of work at petrol station. I got I put the complete a petrol um a garage in mm. and showrooms died up opposite the rugby club. Right, I put all that in. All confident, all conduit work. Got Craig working, going well. Then I got another conduit, and I started getting really confident. And I was making good money. Right. And I did, I did, I got on the Thursday afternoon, I come home from work and I got out my lovely letterhead, Kennelly Electrical in blue on a, on a, on a beige sheet with a flash of lightning going through in between Kennelly Electrical with everything on it, right? And I'm writing, Kimberly Clarks, uh, Eric Kennelly, I've got my own business now and I have got an abundance of Wallace workers lies <laughs> abundance of all these workers uh and uh i would really be they all knew me there and i always worked hard for kimberly clark i was mm. very popular at kimberly clark as wallace's foreman electrician right anyway monday morning nine o'clock hello uh hello eric uh jim smith kimberly clark uh, hello jim what can i do for you <laughs> uh, can you pop down and see I've got some work for you <laughs> I said yeah I'll be there at 9 o'clock Monday morning right no matter what I'm doing right mm. anyway I go down there and he's, he's given me about a fortnight's work right and uh, and it was quite round the office here and round the office there round the office there anyway of course when I went there at quarter to nine I walked into reception right and the three girls the lovely girls what are you doing here? Because I haven't seen me for a while, yeah. right? I said, uh, well, I've got my own company now and I'm, I'll probably be doing some work here. Oh, that's wonderful. Do, 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 do. Anyway, uh, when, when I went upstairs, and I, I've got that notepad that Brian Webb had. I've got that notepad that I used to stand and watch him, right? Writing it all down, right? I'm here, I'm my own company, and I'm writing it at Kimberly Clark's. Anyway. What the hell am I going to charge? I knew what Wallace's charge. I can't charge what Wallace's charge. They had all the overheads, big office and all this, uh, estimators, everything. What am I going to charge? What am I going to charge? I can't be too cheap because you, if you stay, if you, well, if you open up cheap, you've got to stay cheap, you know? Yeah, you don't go, it, that and then just whack it up. No, so no, I've no. got to get that right price. So I did, I know, got it. I mean, mm, 10% on. Mm, another 12%. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> Another five percent. Oh, that's that's good. That's good earning, right? Got it all done. So um, I phoned Jim and uh, he said, "Oh, I'll be down re reception in five minutes, right?" So we went down there. He said, "Right." I said, "Da da da, so and so. That'd be so and so. That'd be two hundred and forty-two quid. That'd be da 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 da." Are you happy with those prices, Eric? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm very happy. You should start when you like. I know. Do you know what? <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. All them engineers, when I used to go in there, right? I've got another electrician there now, mm. and another apprentice, right? And I go through, go through the offices there, and the engineers department, I come out with all these tickets, all these tickets. Jobs here, payment in the offices, and then the IT got hold of me, and I'd done all their IT work, <laughs> didn't I? Oh dear. Well, one day, don't forget about that belts and braces hmm. with Jean. I can earn by ten o'clock Tuesday morning. That's the famous saying, right? I'm in the office uh, after working at Kimberley Class for about eighteen. Yeah, it was eighteen months, right? Da -da 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 -da. She's sitting in there. I, I come out. I did. Two roly-polies down the hall. <laughs> I come in here, I did a cartwheel there, and I did another cartwheel over there, and she's going. I did another roly-poly back there, and I'm whooping it up. She said, what's up with you? You've gone crazy. I said, listen, Jean, I've just done my books. I said, I've been working for myself for 18 months, and I've just done all my books. I've made 18,000 pounds, right? And don't forget what I said to you about I can earn on by Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. <laughs> and she just sat there quiet, right? And I never looked back. Yeah. Now, what, um, Kimberly Clark had a, on the walls in the engineering department uh, something about be careful of your contractor. Uh, words to say you have to remove them every year, get a new one every year. So I didn't want, the Americans don't want you to get to know their business, right? Yeah. So they kick out that contractor and bring another one in, yeah, right? Yeah. 18 years solid, yeah. I'll say there. 18 years. <sighs> Retired when I was about 72. As the mill shut down, and they they bought Bowaters out, and they're down at Norfolk now. Yeah. Kimberley Clark. Oh, okay. they're still there, eh? Kimberley Clark, yeah. Oh, crikey. The, uh, the, mill, the mill that was at Lightfield that I worked at is a housing estate. Oh, of yeah, course, yeah. Of course, yeah. a housing estate. But oh, what a story. That's really cool. They, when you come to the IT, this is the last one. The Kimberly Clarks. Gene, it's him. It's, All right. <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. I'm done. Not me. We're, we're done, sweetheart. Uh, I enjoyed that. I didn't quite know how it was gonna get, what's going to happen, but uh, once you get taught, you can't stop, can you? Yeah, he did. Did you mean to say I haven't got a word in it? He, I made you him. Did, he did, he did. No, he did. They both spoke quite a lot. Yeah. They smashed oh, it. Right, they smashed it. You enjoy it though, yeah? Yeah, I hope you got what you wanted. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's just a chat. I'm, I just, as long as you guys enjoyed it as well, I'm happy. Yeah, that was so great. I'll have to come round every day for an hour session until the just until you're a hundred. Just make sure I haven't got anyone coming or I haven't got a call 
By the time you're 100, I'll have your whole life story mapped from second right. to second until well, until now. They haven't told you what they've been up to all these years, then. Yeah, a little bit. Did they tell bit. you all the naughty things they've yeah, done? Yeah, a little, little. Oh, little. Don't you broadcast it anywhere, will we? Anyone on their case probably aren't around anymore. All the police officers invested in these guys they're are probably, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, probably gone. Yeah. No, the police uh, were never there were so many. I mean, there's a time that I got arrested by the police. Yeah. In Chatham High Street. In Chatham High Street. Oh yeah, I got arrested. Yeah. Oh, that was all over me. I thought he'd been nicking. Um, yeah. Um, oh, and I never took. Oh, for God's sake! I was stage man. <laughs> Listen, while I was an electrician, we put in a turned a church hall into a theatre at Chatham mm -hmm. Hall. It's called Chatham Hall. Yeah. And um, they asked me. But when, it, when they started doing the shows and we were still working there, they asked me. They asked me. They asked me to stay behind in case something went wrong with the electrics. Yeah. And I and I was yeah. bored sitting in the audience, so I became left hand. I was left hand spot. Yeah. And then I was stage manager. I was stage manager to the Who, the Herd, PJ Proby, Esther and Abby Offering, Midway Dance Orchestra, Harry Corbett, Sooty and Sweet. Just from learning, from sticking around. I was stage manager with him. Tessie O'Shea. Hey, will you stop talking, please? I was stage manager. You must be hoarse. I could go on, I could go on. <laughs> we'll go another day, we'll get another day. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the You're Gonna Die podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you're interested in more content like this, follow my Instagram at underscore. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.